You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. That's a shit. How many red carpets you guys want to walk in your $4,000 ridiculous heels? You will never be able to lace up my Chuck Taylor. This is your fault. This is your fault. I didn't get mad when you stole all my moves. Your daddy's not here anymore. It's, how was your movie, by the way? Oh, I I, it. My, mine went straight to DVD, just like yours. Careful you don't hurt your neck again going through those ropes. Yeah! What's going on, guys? It is episode 186 of the Russell Fred Podcast. My name is JP, the first effing lady of the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Be sure to hit the like button. Be sure to subscribe. Show that like button as much love as Puerto Rico did to Bad Bunny this past weekend. What a great pay-per-view it was. It has some issues with it, of course, but, you know, it is what it is. But like you see here, please be sure to like and subscribe. Be sure to check out the website as well at Bloodline and BloodlineNetwork.com as well. There's a whole slew of other podcasters that is out here Daily, we put on something every single day for you. We also have articles that's covering sports as well. Um, movies, we just had a new show, The Director's Cut. Um, also, that just debuted this past week. Be sure to check that out as well. And put the ones in the chat and acknowledge us. And we got some people who's already in here. Okay, Russ and DeLorean, what's up, JD? Super excited for tonight. Thank you so much for checking in. Broadcast podcast, what's up, JD? And then Ben Buster, what's up, First Lady? What's going on? Thank you for tuning in so early. First of all, a lot has been happening this week in sports. We got the NFL schedule release. We got games going on on Black Friday. We got Christmas games. The Eagles is playing on Christmas, so there is going to be a lot of people that are upset. And I realize I am wearing green, but not for the Eagles, okay? Um, I was thinking of either wearing my Cowboys stuff or my Sixers stuff because, of course, the Sixers is playing as we speak. They are currently down, what is this, five points in the third quarter. Um they're leading the series three to two. If they win here, they go to the East Finals, which and they haven't been to the East Finals since 2001 when Iver, Allen Iverson was on the team, which was the last time I actually watched the Sixers like that. So happy for happy for the Sixers, first of all. Um, normally, this is, yes, the time of the year. Whenever a team goes into playoffs, everybody and their mama jump on the bandwagon, of course, and become fans. Um so if the Sixers do go to the finals, definitely guaranteed next week, I will be wearing my Sixers hat, my Sixers shirt. Okay, probably wearing some red sneakers to match and everything like that. People going to have flags flying around on their cars and stuff like that because that's what we do. Okay, that is what we do. Yes, shout out to the Universal Wrestling Podcast. Sup, JD, go Sixers. Yes. Go Sixers, okay? Uh, also, shout out Circle Debate. Put them ones up for the first F and later Bloodline system. Sister, put them ones up and acknowledge us. But yeah, I'm very excited for the Sixers. Um, hoping that they make it to the finals, okay? Trust the process. I mean, the process has been going for a couple of years. Um, I had stopped trusting the process until now, <laughs> okay, because uh, it's an up and down roller coaster. But yeah, like I said, the NFL schedule has been released. 
Um, a lot of interesting games. We got, first of all, starting off with the Lions going against the Chiefs, which, of course, is going to be an absolute slaughter unless something happens. And then um, on September 11th, it's going to be the New York Buffalo Bills going against the Jets, New York versus New York. That's going to be a very special game. Um, Dallas, I believe Dallas, of course, going against Washington on Thanksgiving. Uh, I believe Dallas plays the Saturday before um, New Year's as well. And I said earlier, Eagles are going to be playing on Christmas. So there's going to be a lot of kids that's going to be pretty upset because mama and daddy are tuning in to watch the game. Not as many women that get upset about football in this city because, you know, Eagles, the wives of Eagles fans and uh, first of all, a lot of the women are Eagles fans anyway. So there won't be any wives that's going to be upset because, you know, they turned on the Eagles. It's going to be a whole fiesta okay it's gonna be a whole party going on on christmas it's gonna be families getting together hey even though it's winter somebody gonna somebody's gonna cook something okay and it's gonna be a whole party uh on christmas because everybody's gonna be tuning in to watch the um the eagles game i'm happy that it's not against dallas this year because even though yes dallas won when um they faced each other before christmas it's just i want to be able to sit back and relax and just watch the game you know what i mean Shout out to J Dylan. What's up, JD? Thank you so much for tuning in as well. Um, but yeah, it's just an exciting time um, in in sports. Like I said, we got the, uh, the NFL schedule, and it's it's exciting to see sit there and see all the teams and everything. Predict who is going to win what. What's the uh, records going to be? Like I said, it don't matter what the record is with Dallas um, because they get knocked out in the um, playoffs anyway. So we'll see how that goes um, as well. So first of all, like I said, a lot has happened. We had backlash this past weekend, which was so good, okay? I feel as though there should be a requirement for WWE to go outside the continental U.S. more often um, because that crowd was so just so happy just so loud and cheering and chanting and stuff like that it felt like a proper raw after mania crowd um so i can't wait for it i know they're going over to london and i there's talks um of them going to other places as well and i can't wait uh because i'm hoping i'm hoping that it happens more because i feel like us in the u.s we're pretty spoiled when it comes to wrestling so we don't get as hype for things like we used to um so i'm hoping that you know there will be a little bit of break of them going overseas and seeing like how exciting things are um yeah shout out to the clark street wrestling podcast one of the best WWE cloud crowds it is decided it is decided that was a great crowd okay um I know I'm not the only one that added the Bad Boy, Bad Bunny song to the Spotify playlist. Okay, I did listen to it in the gym and everything like that. It like, oh my, that song came out five years ago, and for the crowd to sing it like it just came out yesterday, Chef's Kiss, Chef's Kiss. I didn't even know, truthfully, I didn't even know Bad Bunny was around five years ago. I just found out about him because of the Booker T song, really. Um, <laughs> I didn't hear about him before then. So yeah, it's just been 
it's it's just been crazy. So let's get into some news and rumors. Of course, uh, Devin said it's a fire song. It is a fire song. Like I have, like I took Spanish in high school. High school was a very long time ago. I took a little bit in college, but you know, it was just one semester. You don't really learn as much. And of course, cause I didn't really speak it like that. Um, I like forgot a lot of stuff. So it watching backlash and everything, it makes me want to like relearn Spanish once again. So I could sit there and sing that damn bad bunny song. <laughs> okay. So yeah, but it's, it's been crazy. Um, so getting into some news and rumors. Um, first of all, um, Savio Vega had an interview with Cultaholic and he said it was actually Damien Priest's idea to bring him in for his big cameo at Backlash. Somebody, let's people give Damien Priest his flowers. I've been a fan of that guy since he was in NXT. And yes, I know a lot of people didn't like the Archer. For it, okay. <laughs> I love the archer. Okay, I play five play Final Fantasy, all that stuff. So I was like, oh, look, there's an archer right there. Look at him shoot the arrow. <laughs> but yeah, it was Damian Priest's idea to bring Vega in for the cameo, which is that was great. I loved it. I was a fan of Savio Vega. I remember him, you know, feuding with um Stone Cold Steve Austin back in the day. Um so yeah, I was very, I'm, ha I'm very happy. I love, I love when, you know, legends get their flowers while they're still alive, first off. Um, so I was very happy for Savio Vega. And I was very happy for Carlito too, that he, you know, got his flowers as well. What's up to Tim, the banger king. What's good, JD? Thank you so much, Tim, for tuning in. Be sure to check out, first of all, be sure to check out all these podcasts that are coming in and tuning in and watching watching right now. And like I said, be sure to hit the like button. Smash it. Smash that like button like it's Brock like you are Brock Lesnar, okay? Um also too, um Damian Priest had gotten a lot of praise from WE management for his work on Backlash as well. Um that you know, a source had told uh, PW Insider that um he was he has to be seen as one of the top level players in the company going forward, which, you know, definitely Definitely. I, I'm very happy for Damian Priest. And as we like in disclaimer, as we go through these news and rumors, uh, you know, what's the I call this segment what's the dirt? These are stuff from the dirt sheets. Take it for a grain of salt, okay? This may be true, this may not be true. It could be that they are going straight for clicks, but it is what it is. I'm just reacting to the news, you know, as if it's true. So if it's not true, then you know, it's not true. So it, it won't it won't make or break things. How about that? Um, also, too, um, speaking of backlash, insiders have reported that company officials are very happy with Omos' match at Backlash and calling it one of the best he has had. It was a pretty good match with Omos. He, he's been a lot better than when he first started. Um, and I'll get into my um, thinking of the match when I get into the um, the my review of Backlash. It's just I, it's just his wrestling style. I feel like he could do a lot more. And you know, when it comes to WWE, whenever they get these tall giant, these tall guys, they always have to wrestle like they wrestle very similar to like Giant Gonzalez. If you if you remember watching him wrestle, 
or um, like even with the great Kali, it's the one move and then you stand around and you put your arms up, stuff like that, because you're tall and stuff like that. I feel like he's athletic. I think he's very athletic and I think he can move, but it just feels like WWE just really wants to put him in that cookie cutter box. And that's what they did with Keith Lee too. Cause Keith Lee, we seen Keith Lee in NXT when he got called up to the main roster, it was pretty much like they wanted him to wrestle like a big guy instead of doing all, you know, all the little flippy stuff that he um, always likes to do. Uh, ben Buster said a rumor is going around that priest will be viewed as a main eventer. I hope he does. Uh, he is very good. Like, um, Definitely check out an NXT, I, uh, a match between him and Finn Balor. Um, there was another few he had in NXT, too, that really showed him off as well. Um, but, yeah, he is very good, first of all. Um, I I am happy, like, his interaction with Bad Bunny, that he is getting the attention that he definitely deserves. And I like it when things like this happen. First of all, that really speaks volumes for Damian Priest that WWE was able to trust him enough to put him with Bad Bunny. Like the amount of pressure you have to have in order to, to take care of the biggest recording artist in the world and to be able to put on a good match to be able to take care of himself for him and stuff like that, you know, Damian Priest needs to get his props and his flowers. So I'm very happy for Damian Priest that he was put into that position. And it's very similar to The Miz. Anytime a, a, a celebrity comes in, they usually put him, put them with The Miz because Miz is a pretty safe worker and he's able to be able to put someone over. Um, and, you know, he's he does really well as a heel as well, too. Um, I'm still rooting for him to be Johnny Cage in the uh, Mortal Kombat sequel as well. Um, also, um, along with Backlash as well, um, the Blood and Backlash's main event was planned and not accidental. This is according to Fightful Select, Rustling Observer, and PW Insiders. All three of them sat there and said the same thing. It seems to be something Brock Lesnar has permission to do and not a change in WWE policy. Like, what is it that Brock Lesnar cannot do? I mean, he was not involved in the WWE draft. He was pretty much the only big name that was considered a free agent because he probably was like, I'm not doing your damn draft. And then he sat there and said, I don't care about your policy. If I want to bleed, I'll bleed. You know what I mean? So it, he does what he wants. I mean, I, I don't blame him. A lot of people used to be upset when he, you know, was champion. He was like part-timer and stuff. I'm like, look, Brock Lesnar will only can only do what they allow him to do. Okay, he could sit there and, you know, say whatever. But if they don't put their foot down to him, it's just like, you got to be mad at WWE for that. So apparently, blood is a thing that can happen in WWE. It just has to be the right person. I'm sure John Moxley was very uh, jealous of Brock Lesnar bleeding. And as we saw on Wednesday, John Moxley made sure to let us know that he can bleed too. Uh, ben Buster said, the NXT War Games PLE in Chicago a few years ago, I became a fan of Priest. He was awesome in his match. He was. I think, um, like, when he when he faced Finn Balor, that really put a lot of people on the mat for him. But, like, from there on, he's just been phenomenal, okay? And people didn't really, I know people didn't really like the Archer gimmick that he was at. And I was really hoping once he got put onto the main roster that he'll be able to soar. So I was slightly happy that he was put with Edge and then later Finn Balor. I was hoping that it would really propel him. Um, but 
I'm very, but with what happened with Bad Bunny, I'm hoping that this is just the start with him. Um, along with, um, so speaking of WWE, there has been discussions with reps in Australia about holding a premium live event there. This is according to Fightful Select. Do it. What? Of uh, going to Australia and then have Rhea Ripley defend her title there? Oh my gosh. I can only imagine what that what's that going to be like. I say go everywhere, okay? Um, I, I know more likely they won't be able to go to Japan, but they can try to go to, to Japan. Well, no, they've, they've been to Japan before. But yeah, go to Japan, you know, Australia, go everywhere. France, you know, let's hit all the spots, okay? South America, Africa, can, well, of course, they can go back to Canada. Go everywhere. You know what I mean? Let's go. Let's hit the world. I know that's what Triple H wants to do because he secretly wanted to take over the world when he was doing NXT. Um, but yeah, go leave leave the U.S. You know, instead of doing these house show tours um, that they used to do, do a premium live event there. Have a SmackDown and the premium live event there like they did in Puerto Rico. Do it in India, like all these places that we heard about them going for these for when they used to do the tour and the house shows. Just do a premium live event. Show show us Americans how the crowd should be, you know, and makes make 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 it make us jealous. I mean, truthfully, the only places that crowds really get um, loud at is Chicago, New York, Philly. Um, where else? Well, according to rumors, Detroit wasn't. Um, were they in Detroit? No, they were in Jacksonville. Jacksonville wasn't loud or something like that, so they had the pipe-in noise. I wasn't really listening too closely for to Raw, but that was the rumor. Um, Devin says, yes, more international PLEs. You get a PLE. You get a PLE. Yes, all the, let's hit all the continents, okay? Be the first wrestling organization to have a show in Antarctica for all we care. I mean, I'm sure that crowd would that crowd will be louder than some crowds that we've seen in America. And I know it's probably the polar bears and penguins sitting there clapping along, but I say, do it. Let's do it. Like I'm, I'm excited for that, for this, you know, let's go everywhere. Okay. Hit all the country. Well, not probably all the countries. I know there's some countries that you can't go to, but go places. You know what I mean? Let's go international. All right. Um, so switching over to AEW, um, Eddie Kingston had announced that he needed hernia surgery via promo, and I believe he had successful surgery on Tuesday. So hope thoughts and prayers with him that he has a speedy recovery as well. Um, and then it is expected for Double or Nothing to have at least 10 matches, according to Wrestling Observer Newsletter. 10 matches for Double or Nothing. So that bad boy, like, I know AEW normally loves to pack on the matches, but at least 10 matches. The last time they had that many matches, I believe it was like all out or something like that. It was good. Some matches, of course, went a little, little quickly. Um, but, you know, that bad boy will was starting to feel like WrestleMania 35. And if you know WrestleMania, if you know, you know. How how you felt after watching sitting there through WrestleMania 35? I mean, you almost I I was about to ask for an hour lunch as many hours I was sitting there clocking in watching that pay per view. Well, premium live event, excuse me. Um, but yeah, it's just first of all crazy. Okay, um, so let's get into the recap of 
backlash. And I took notes, yo. I sat there and took notes. That's how good this pay-per-view was. I wanted to make sure I remembered everything. Uh, first of all, WWE needs to do more drone more drone shots, okay? I don't know who thought it who's thought it was to do that drone, but whoever idea it was, promote them, give them a raise, give them everything. Um, Devin said 10 matches sheets. I'll be asleep for at least three of them. Seriously. And I know some of the matches they're going to throw on there is going to be like, this could have been on dynamite. Like, why couldn't this been on dynamite? It's going to be matches that they are just going to throw in. And I know it's just like WrestleMania where they're throwing people on there to get the payday, but it's like, still dude, like some matches, I, some matches I know it's going to be like this match definitely needed more time. We could have cut this match down or something. It's going to be like 10 matches. And I bet you like two of them is only two of them is going to be women's matches. And it's probably going to be for the two titles. That's it. (laughs) Okay. If that, I'm hoping we have more than two women's matches, but you know, it's, it's going to be packed. Um, And I wonder, I mean, I I know we're going to have the four pillars as the main event. And um, I'm guessing we'll have, Kenny against Blackpool back somebody in, uh, I guess Brian Danielson. Oh yeah, Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. But book that Tony. Tony Khan if you're listening, please book that match. Um and then uh I can't think of any other matches. I know there's I know there's some more. I know uh Wardlow um going against um who's he beefing with? Luchasaurus, I guess. Yeah, Luchasaurus. It's like okay. <laughs> but yeah, 10 matches. That's that's a lot, okay? That is a lot. And I know I know those matches aren't going to be like 10 minutes each, so <laughs> especially that four pillars match. That four pillars match will go go the distance. So it's going to be a long night, yo. It is going to be a long night. <laughs> All right, so getting into backlash. First off, um, like I said, that drone shot opening was excellent. That crowd was hype as hell. Um, love the drone. Uh, love, love, love the drone. So starting off with the opening match, as my phone reminds me to drink some damn water, <laughs> um, we had Bianca Belair going against EO Sky. I love EO. Okay, I loved her in NXT. I love her to this day. And so did so did Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico loved them some EO Sky, okay? Um, she was being cheered like she was the damn champion. And then Bianca Belair was getting booed. Um, which, you know, we 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 have we have hit the wall of Bianca Belair. Um, a lot of people feel as though she is the new John Cena, which is true to a point, and that's because WWE has put themselves in a bubble which they do a lot, okay, where they have their one baby face. And this is something that happened under Vince as well, where it's the one baby face and they put so much into the one baby face that they do not bring up any other strong baby faces. And because of that, you have the strong baby face holding the title for a long time. And that's what's going to happen to Cody Rhodes too. If, well, it's a little easier on the um, men's side um than the women's side because you have Seth Rollins you have other people too but they put all their eggs into one basket for a a big baby face and because of that like 
there is no one else to really like take her down and hold the title unless they go heel. But you need someone to be able to do the be the star and the interviews and things like that, which you technically can't do with the heels, but you, you kind of can. Um, so because of that, yes, Bianca Belair still has the title. She's going to keep holding the title until they figure out what they're going to do. Well, until Triple H figure out what they're going to do. Um, because they're going to need that big face uh, for WWE. And she's great. Like, she's a, she has a great story of how she never, like, really got into wrestling, um, how she started, and where she is today. She's a great story. And she's a big inspiration to a lot of people. Unfortunately, that's pretty much all WWE has. Because um, they tried to make Charlotte face, but it was very weird, first of all. Rhonda can't be face uh, because she gets the Charlotte heat. She gets that Charlotte heat as well. You have Becky Lynch, but Becky Lynch has been, you know, done over and over again. Oscar is a heel. Raquel Rodriguez is not there just yet for them to push her as the big baby face. They tried it with Liv Morgan. It didn't work. Natalia, not going to work, unfortunately. And it's just like not really anybody else that they can really put the title with. I mean, Bailey is heel. Io Sky is heel. Dakota Kai is a heel. So it's pretty much all that they got is Bianca Belair. So yeah, she is going to have to hold on to the title just a bit a little bit longer until they figure out in storyline who this next champion is going to be. Um, first of all, EO Sky, I say this was one of the best matches of EO Sky since she's been on the main roster. This was NX, this was black and gold NXT EO Sky that we saw here. Um, first of all, shout out to her for after she got introduced, she immediately dropped into the split and started stretching, which the crowd reacted to. Um, she, first of all, this was a great opener. Um, EO showing off and letting everyone know like you know don't don't let it fool you don't let me being in damage control fool you i can go if i want to um also too with bianca belair the issue with her is that people are tired of her because they're constantly seeing her with roman reigns they kind of booked him a little smart even with brock lesnar um, whereas though they're not on every single raw, they're not, on, they're not on every single pay-per-view. They're away just long enough for you to miss them. And so that next time you see them, you pop. So every time we see Brock Lesnar, we pop for Brock Lesnar. Why? Because we haven't seen him in a couple of months or for Roman Reigns. He, um, he wasn't on this pay-per-view. i next time he shows up, we're going to cheer because he's been missed. Bianca Belair has been on every single Raw since she has had the title. Um, no breaks, really. No days off. She is a defending champion. And that's something that used to work. But nowadays, the crowd just kind of needs to miss you. If the crowd could seize you every single week and you come out either doing a promo or you have a match later that night or even a promo and a match, that's, you know, the fans get tired of it after a certain period of time it used to work a lot back in the day but now it's just like it's tiring and you know it's just like okay we've seen you too much we're seeing you all the time you know we feel like we're being smothered by it you know so i feel as though if there was a few you know um times where she's not there 
and they put focus maybe on Rhea Ripley one week, and then Rhea Ripley takes a little bit of time off, and then we put the focus on um, Bianca Belair. Or, you know, you can give the champions a little bit of time and focus on the tag team titles. Um, there was some there were some people who feel as though there should be a mid-card title, but I don't I don't feel like that's gonna really work because the women's division for WWE, as talented as they are, the booking is weak. So whoever holds, you know, that mid-card title is just gonna feel like the 24-7 title all over again. That is just like or it's going to feel like the women's tag team titles um, back in the day, where it just feels like it's a prop used for a, sto- a, a storyline, really. It's not going to really mean anything. But overall, this match was great. Um, first of all, shout out to Bailey for the outfit. Um, I'm sure everybody loved it, <laughs> respectfully. Um, but I feel like um, she, Bailey and um, Tegan Knox came down to try to help out EO Sky, um, which really didn't help. Eventually, of course, Bianca Belair retained. So I'm thinking maybe this is going to cause this sort of split between them three. Um, but I would love for EO Sky to, you know, take her run. She's definitely one person. She can do a successful singles run. And you can make her your baby face. The way that Triple H handled her in NXT was fabulous. So yeah, she um she can speak English, but it's um she has a very strong accent when she speaks English. But when they did her promos, she spoke in her native language, and they did subtitles like it was a, like I felt like I was watching an anime. I was like so hyped. I was just so hyped whenever I seen her. Um. So I'm hoping that Triple H kind of does the same thing. I know the casual crowd probably won't care for that. Um, but those who but those who like it will de- will love it. <laughs> Devin said, big shout out to Bailey. Yes, Bailey, if you're watching, shout out to you. Um, you can wear that outfit again if you want, you know. Uh, you know, don't be shy, you know, don't hold off for the next premium live event or Puerto Rico. If you want to wear it on um, what are you on? SmackDown, if you want to wear it on SmackDown. You know, wear it on SmackDown. Okay. We're not we're not complaining over here. No complaint department over here, of course. Um, but yeah, this was a great opener. I love EO. I'm hoping she gets a singles run and that with Triple H, you know, and with Triple H booking, I know not Vince, Vince isn't booking, he's just there. But with Triple H, I'm I'm very confident that he will be able to book her correctly it's just the it's just the fans that i'm worried about okay i know we'll cheer for her and stuff like that but it's just the fans i'm hoping that they will care for her but i think with the right booking and everything and with her having matches like this i think she'll be she'll be fine um so next up a match that was not built up at all not really discussed that much people wondered is this person being punished or anything and that is omas versus seth rollins all the almost sapiens stand up. First of all, shout out to Senor Stinky, who was in the chat during the watch along. He said that he had an Omas body pillow. He was an almost sapien. Like, if you looked up, if you looked up almost sapiens, I'm sure Senor Stinky was there. Okay, shout out to him. Okay, I hope he comes back around on our watch along, especially if Omas is there. You know, Omas the Omas has a little little bit of a following okay i i'll be seeing them on twitter with the almost sapien stand up stuff um this was a pretty good match 
Um, like I said with earlier, I feel like Omas, like, I think he can go. I think if they just let him do his thing, I think Chef's kids, like, oh, it'll be a lot more almost sapiens, okay? Um, this was a lot of, um, it was a lot of unique offense from Seth Rollins' side. First of all, he has, first of all, Omas has a very strong neck because uh, Seth Rollins tried to do the curb stomp and Omas stopped it because that man got a strong neck. You can't put him down. Um, it took a while. Seth Rollins did what, like two curb stomps and a super curb stomp in order for to put him down. Um, first of all, shout out to MVP in the white suit. I don't know why you wore a white suit. In WWE, I get, you know, it's a premium live event, stuff like that. You want to, you know, you want to look good. You want to look sharp. You want to look fly. But come on, dog. Like, he got knocked down. He fell on the ground. And it's like, dude, you're wearing a white suit. It's going to get dirty. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, Devin said, put some respect on Omos. Yes. To the Omo Sapiens, stand up. All right. But I'm hoping they let him go. Like, don't try. Like, I'm so tired of them booking these people, booking the big guys to wrestle like a big guy let them be unique the reason like i love luchasaurus because even though he's a tall guy and yes okay for all my haters out there yes he botches from here and there but it's the fact that he is that big of a guy and he does he like he does super kicks he's very um he's very agile he's very athletic he doesn't wrestle like ah oh, i'm seven feet tall and i'm going to do this choke slam and then I'm just going to sit there and stare and then taunt. And that's what happened during this match. It was slowed down a lot. It was slowed down a lot in this. Um, it was slowed down a lot in um, in this match because he did. A, he would do a move on Seth Rollins and then he'll taunt the crowd. He'll stand around and stuff like that. And it really slowed down the match in certain in certain spots. Um, and I think, like I said, I think he can go. I think if they just let him do what he needs to do, that he'll be able to like go. Um, first of all, Seth Rollins tried to do a pedigree on Omas, and Omas was like, get that out of here. Um, crowd was cheering, of course. First of all, I love Seth Rollins' entrance now, where after he comes into the ring, they put the spotlight on him and he stands there with his arms out and the crowd sings his song. Chris Jericho is so effing jealous, okay? Um, Chris Jericho is so effing jealous, all right? He, I'm sure, I'm very interested to see what his interest is going to be at Double or Nothing. I'm very sure that um, he is going to do something to get the crowd going. Seth Rollins is really putting Seth Rollins is putting himself out there as far as crowd singing and chanting your song. Um I know Chris Jericho, I think I don't know where he said it at that he said that he started it, which is like, dude, you wrestled Fandango uh at one of the WrestleManias. Fandango was at least earlier than you as far as the song. Like everybody was doing was doing this during his song and singing it. It went mainstream as well. So, like, come on, dude. Like, like, come on. Um, but this was this was a good match for what it was. Um, I did expect Omos to wrestle the way he wrestled. I wish that he didn't, but you know, it is what it is. And this match really, I feel as though was to start Seth Rollins on the road to get the um world heavyweight title. And I think they use Omos as the fact, like, it's Omos, he's big, he rarely loses, stuff like that. 
and Seth Rollins was able to take him down. And now Seth Rollins goes off to um, the title picture. Um, I feel slightly bad for Omos because this is the um, second big match that he has wrestled on a premium live event that he lost. And then he goes on to do squash matches, excuse me, squash matches. And then he goes to the next feud at a premium live event, loses, and then squash matches. So it's kind of like that pattern there where it's just like he needs a win in a big feud. I don't know where he's going to get it from because these the people that they put him against are people that we know aren't going to really lose to Omos. But I'm hoping that we get something out of that. Um, next up out of the... And next, the next match we had was for the United States title. It was the triple threat match of Austin Theory going against Bobby Lashley and Bronson Reed. First of all, I know Bobby Lashley's going after a title, but it's a title that he should be going after. Um, I am happy that he is involved with the triple threat for the World Heavyweight cha- Championship. You know, I, hopefully he remembers, like, Wrong title, bro. You're not going after the U.S. title. Actually, the title that you technically didn't lose, Roman Reigns is still holding on to. Um, But first of all, Austin Theory has been on such a roll. Um, I know, I forgot who said it, but someone was like, John Cena's out here changing careers, okay? After John Cena sat there and cut the promo on Roman Reigns about how they got to keep calling me back because you can't handle the spotlight, he turned into the tribal chief. And now with Austin Theory... John Cena sat there and said, "You're not ready." This, that, and third. And look at, look at, look at Austin Theory. Boom, doing his thing. First of all, I love his entrance too. Very unique that you know they start with his back to the camera, then they swing the camera around, and then so it's so they swing the camera around him. So they're facing him, and he has a crowd behind him, and you know that's a cool that's a cool picture that they got going on. Um. This match had a lot of good sequences. First of all, we knew that this was going to be a good match between these three guys. I'm very happy that Bronson Reed is starting to get his thing going. Um, I'm hoping that this kind of continues with Bronson Reed. Um, Ever since Elimination Chamber, I feel as though people are really starting to notice him. And I'm hoping that he, you know, gets a few from from here on. Um, Bobby Lashley is Bobby Lashley. I love his entrance. I keep saying that. Um, one of these days, <laughs> you know, one of these days when I decide to quit, I'm going to come in with the Bobby Lashley entrance, the big-ass drums and all. Maybe some sparklers instead of pyro, because um, I think they will probably call the cops on me if I start spraying some pyro inside the workplace. <laughs> um but here, Austin Theory retains. And it was kind of funny the way that he retained, um, because Bobby... I think it was, did he pin Bobby or he pinned Bronson? Um, but it was a, it was a, no, it was on Bronson because it was, uh, Bronson tried to do a moonsault, missed. First of all, shout out to Bronson Reed for attempting to do a moonsault. And then Bobby Lashley speared Bronson Reed. Austin Theory comes in, moves Bobby Lashley out of the way, and then covers Bronson Reed. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley was very upset, first of all. Um, and I'm like, yeah, you should be upset because you're going after the wrong damn title. Like, what are you, what are we doing, Bobby? Like, go after the right title, Bobby. Like, <laughs> what are we doing, Bobby? Um, but yeah, this was a good match. And all three men look great in this. There was, like I said, it was a lot of great sequences between these guys. Um, it was just like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. So 
Loved it. Loved this match. Um, then after that, we had for the SmackDown Women's Championship, we had Mommy Rhea Ripley going against Zelina Vega. First of all, I am so happy for Zelina Vega. Damn near got me tearing up for her getting the flowers in Puerto Rico. The first time that she has wrestled um, in Puerto Rico and everything. Um, I loved it. Um, first of all, mommy came out first in the white. Okay, shout out. Uh, Judgment Day wearing the white. Well, not, well, mainly it was Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley wearing the white. Uh, but yeah, shout out to her, first of all. And then Zelina Vega comes out um, with the all decked out in Puerto Rican colors. She had the Puerto Rican flag that she kind of had. It was like, um, that reminds me of, uh, something like Dalton Castle kind of have, um, it was someone else who kind of has something like that too. I forgot, but yeah, it was the Puerto Rican flag. She comes out. Um, and the one thing that I loved most before the match started was the fact that when they introduced Elena Vega, they let, they took that pause for the crowd to give her her flowers and to take that moment in. I loved it. Loved it. I feel as though this is this is how wrestlers should be treated whenever they go into either their home country or their home city and they get in that reaction like that. Let them let them get that moment, you know? Let them get that moment. Um but yeah, they were sitting there chanting to her and stuff like that. Um and she was sitting there crying, tearing up and everything like that. And I'm like, listen, take it all in. Take it all in. Because um, we knew she wasn't going to win the title, unfortunately. We, you know, we knew she wasn't going to win the title in her hometown. Um, but I'm very happy that even though she lost, she still won. Because of the love that she got from the crowd. Um, I thought this match was going to go a lot longer than what it did. I think this match was like seven minutes or something like that. Um, I think it was like seven minutes or something like that. And it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't, a, it was squashed, but Rhea Ripley had some type of, had some offense going in. And it kind of reminded me of, um, I want to say Spike Dudley. Not not as brutal as Spike Dudley gets in the uh not as brutal that Spike Dudley gets, but that his offense gets going, but it doesn't really go anywhere, if that makes sense. Um, but I loved I love the I really love the fact that Zelina had her had her time, you know, in front of her hometown crowd, and that even though yeah, she lost and stuff like that, it was still a bit of a good match because it really was that. It was a true underdog type of thing because the crowd was 100% behind Rhea. Um, Devin said, great match and a logical match when you think about it. Yeah, yeah, definitely agree. Um, it was a lot. It was storytelling within the match, even though there wasn't really, like it was a small few because of the LWO and stuff like that. Um, but it was still good storytelling with this match. Um, that it was Zelina who in front of her crowd and everything like that. Um, it, even though, uh, Rhea Ripley was loved. I mean, at the, um, at the, uh, press conference, they was chanting mommy when, uh, with Rhea Ripley and everything like that. So she was, you know, she wasn't like a hundred percent booed in this match. There was some appreciation for her, but it was just the, it was just the fact that Zelina Vega really had, her, she really had her moment, you know, and 
it went a lot shorter than what I thought it would be, but I'm just happy that she was able to get her time to shine in front of her crowd. And after the match was over, um, I love the fact that Rhea left left first. Like props. I love when, even though I love it when people put their pride to the side because they real they recognize what's going on in the moment, and that even though Rhea Ripley was the champion and she won, that she left the ring so that Zelina Vega can get her time to shine. Because it wasn't about this wasn't about Rhea Ripley championship or anything like that or the Judgment Day or whatever. This was a this story. This was the story of Zelina Vega coming home to wrestle in front of her hometown country for the first time ever. You know, she is from New York and stuff like that, but she has family down in Puerto Rico. Um, and I, and I know a lot of people who moved to the United States, um, who lived in, well, especially here in Philly. Um, I know quite a few people who moved to, um, Philly. They have family down in Dominican Republic or Puerto Rico, and they send money to their family and stuff like that. And to be able to go back to see their family and stuff like that, um, and be able to just have, feel that love and that passion for you. Um, it's, it's so it's such a good story to see. Um, and I felt that with Zelina Vega. It definitely reminded me of some people who I know who got family, who got family down in Puerto Rico or the DR or even Haiti, and they're able to come back and see their family and stuff like that. So I felt that um during this match. And after the match, you know, she got her time in front of the crowd. They were chanting to her once again. And she had all the applause and everything like that. And she even, she got emotional again. You know, she had her mom and her stepdad there as well. Um, she dedicated this match to her dad too. And I know he's proud of her and what she has accomplished. Um, but this was such a feel good, feel good match for her. But I do appreciate, even though I thought this match was going to go a little bit longer and I thought it was going to be a lot of, a, a bit more back and forth. I do appreciate the fact that Rhea Ripley wrestled Zelina as the fact that Zelina is a lightweight wrestler. Um, and so she's lighter to Rhea Ripley. So Rhea Ripley should have, should have strong offense as what we have seen here as well. Um, then after that was <laughs> the biggest issue I have with Backlash, the placement of this damn match. And that was Damian Priest going against Bad Bunny. They said this match was, first of all, shout out to Bad Bunny. Shout out to Bad Bunny for the card. When I was watching the watch along, I mentioned shout out to Raven. Um, but I completely forgot about the fact that there were some hardcore, a lot of hardcore moments that happened um, in Puerto Rico and wrestlers associated with Puerto Rico. So my bad with with that one um but when i saw the cart with the uh stuff in it i immediately thought of uh raven but this they said this match was a double main event double main event every time they they use the word backlash i mean if you look up the word backlash in the dictionary we put bad bunny's face there they used him simply for the marketing before they even announced the match they mentioned that he was host of backlash so it's like you it, and this isn't like this is his first time wrestling or anything like that. This is the biggest selling artist ever. Like, this is the biggest celebrity that y'all have in WWE. Well, no, I, I was about to say history, but I could think I, I could think of biggest from like early, early WWE. 
But currently, the biggest recording artist in the world, and you have him in his home country, the country that he threw a free concert at a gas station for, and you don't put this on last? Like, you don't send the crowd home happy? Like, whenever you put on anything on TV, the last thing that happens is what people will remember. And even though, yes, we'll remember the whole pay-per-view, the last shot is normally what you want your fans to go home with. That's why with AEW, anytime when Dynamite, when they're done doing Dynamite or Rampage, they have people come out to send the crowd home happy with. When they were, when they went to Philly and I was there, they brought out ECW champions. Um, when they had, um, where were they? Whenever they're in Long Island, they'll bring out MJF. Like, with the cameras not rolling, they always send the crowd home happy. So I'm just like dumbfounded as to why this match was so early. And, and I know that, you know, yeah, Cody and Brock Lesnar and stuff like that, but you don't even put them before that. You don't even put it second to last. You put two matches before this at, for a main event. It made zero sense, especially how this match went and how this match ended, I was like the perfect, the perfect shot, ending shot was what we got at the end of this match. Um, Bloodline Entertainment Network, first of all, Bloodline Entertainment Network, be sure to follow us, okay? Go to the website. Bad placement for such a banging match. It was. This was such a fun match. Um, the Wrestling DeLorean podcast, first of all, shout out to the Wrestling DeLorean podcast be sure to check them out uh this match was fire it was and i'm just like man triple h fucked up here okay this wasn't vince mcmahon this wasn't kevin dunn this wasn't bruce pritchard this wasn't michael cole or anyone okay this wasn't linda mcmahon or shane mcmahon or stephanie mcmahon this was triple this was papa h okay with this placement sir like come on you're losing points. You lose. You lost a lot of points here with the placement of this match. Like, this guy right here is the best celebrity that y'all have as, as in a long time. And as far as, like, one who, like, did the work, Bad Bunny is the best celebrity in WWE history that did the work. This guy is selling out concerts, putting out albums currently, went to the Met Gala and everything like that, and he's learning wrestling moves. He doesn't need to do this. See him carrying these st- this stuff here? He doesn't need to do that. He doesn't need the money. <laughs> he doesn't need the money from WWE. He doesn't need WWE to promote anything of his. He's the number one he's the number one artist on Spotify. I think like he had the most downloaded song in Spotify history or whatever. He doesn't need it. He's doing this because he really likes wrestling. He's a big fan. He did a a whole song about Booker T. (laughs) He did a whole song about Booker T, you know, and Booker T wasn't even like uberly popular at the time. Booker T was still doing like pre-show commentary at the time. He did a whole song and threw Ric Flair on there. Like he doesn't need WWE for this. You guys need Bad Bunny. You guys need the marketing. That's why y'all use Bad Bunny. You needed the mar- you needed people to buy the tickets in Puerto Rico, which is why y'all immediately announced this guy as the hoax. Okay, 
I don't care about storyline where everything like that. The money maker, the money is where it is. That's why when people was feeling some type of way about the bloodline stuff like that, I said that's because they make the money for WWE. And this match here between these two guys was your money maker. Okay, this is the reason why the the place was sold out. Okay, this is why y'all immediately announced that Bad Bunny was the host of the premium live event is because it's because that um you know you wanted to use him here um devin said all great points jd i see no error in your logic with the one up yes i mean this this blows my mind i can see if they didn't use bad bunny at all um for the marketing i can see if they this is his first match or anything like that but you've been shouting this guy's name out since y'all announced that y'all were going to Puerto Rico. You knew it was going to be. You knew that the crowd was going to be cheering for this guy. And you don't put him last. It just baffles my mind as to the reason why. Because you want Brock Lesnar to go last? You know, that makes no sense. You want the crowd to go home happy. First of all, I will give Bad Bunny props all day long, okay? I added his songs to my Spotify playlist, okay? I cannot translate his songs for worth a damn right now. I done down. I did download, um, what is it, Duolingo to learn Spanish again, okay, because of this guy. But I have such respect for this guy, for what he, the work that he is doing that he doesn't need to do. He doesn't need to do this. You know, I can understand Logan Paul. Logan Paul's in MMA, stuff like that. It easily transfers, you know what I mean? But Bad Bunny has enough money to retire and just sit all day at home. He doesn't need WWE to promote anything of his. Like, his album's going to sell anyway. He can just put out a song and not say anything and just drop it on Spotify. And just this, just word of mouth is going to get that record selling. So it's just like crazy that WWE just like, you know, I, I, it's like slight, it's disrespectful in my opinion. I may be going too far, but that's my opinion. I feel as though this was, this was straight up disrespectful. You have the biggest artists in the world right now. The reason why this pay-per-view is sold out and watched and you don't put this guy as main event. Now, there could be a clear reason as to why this match was put on at this placement. It could be that Bad Bunny needed to leave early, needed to go somewhere, couldn't stay too long or something. Maybe he had other commitments or something, and that's why it was put on this early. But if if it had not, if that's not if if that's not the reason, it makes zero sense why this was put on so early. This was such a good match. First of all, I would say. I would be bold enough to say match of the night, okay? Probably match of the month. Definitely a contender for match of the year. Let's put that out there. Um, this was a San Juan street fight, and Bad Bunny was not afraid to take bumps. That's why I respect this guy. Um, like, the amount of pressure that is on Damian Priest and WWE to not injure this guy seriously, to not have this guy seriously injured, because all it needs is for a botch to happen and for him, something to happen to Bad Bunny. And it's going to be a whole lot of hell to pay, okay, from Bad Bunny's agents and lawyers and everything like that, okay? I'm sure they had him sign a liability waiver or whatever. 
um, that he's doing this on his own. But still, the fact that he was willing to do this just for just because he loves, you know, wrestling that deeply, like respect to this guy. I mean, he did a Falcon Arrow. All right. Um, he did a Falcon Arrow. He even took a Falcon Arrow from the top of what the um, the audio set or whatever it was. They were the audio stereo or something like, or whatever they were standing on top of onto a table. Onto his table, he got hit in the back with Kendall shots and everything. There was a he took a picture of what his back looked like. I'm like, this guy, I like respect. Uh, Devin said, I know his manager had a heart attack during that table spot. They did okay. That that match was was real to that man to that agent. Okay, that agent was like, it's still real to me. Damn it, like <laughs> okay, that agent was on the phone with Triple H while this match was going on, cursing him out in Spanish. Triple H, not knowing what the hell this person probably is saying, was probably like, he's doing good. <laughs> he's doing good. He's doing great. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, this match was so awesome. And I was so happy for Puerto Rico that I was slightly jealous. Okay. I love being in hype crowds because it makes the show like so much better and everything. So I was mildly jealous I wasn't there. And that's how we should feel. We should feel mildly jealous that we weren't there because it kind of makes you want to buy the ticket. Um, Because the crowd was just so hype. And it was just, it was such a good match. Um, for, first of all, um, Bad Bunny looked like he was, he, he looked a little bit buff walking out there. Like he really put in the work. Um, he did a sliced bread. Of course, he did the Bunny Destroyer as well. Um, we had Finn Balor and um, Dominic come out. Of course, Puerto Rico does not like Dominic. Um, shout out to them for not even letting that man speak on SmackDown. He, they wouldn't even let him get a damn word in. Um, they they just they don't they don't like the guy. And he it still surprised me to this day that Dominic was able to get over as much as he did as a heel because I didn't see it at first and he done made me a damn believer. He done made me a damn believer. Okay. Uh, it's, it's very, it's very surprising what jail could do to a person <laughs> can change them and make them a better heel. Um, but yeah, Dominic and Finn Balor comes out and I was like, okay, who's about to come out? LWO, whatever. No out comes fucking Carlito. I popped for that guy. I was like, oh my gosh, here come like, you better watch out because he'll spit in the face of people who are not cool. All right. And of course, Puerto Rico went crazy. He still looks good. Of course, everybody's like, oh, WWE should sign him and stuff like that. Listen, if he wants to come back to WWE, he can come back to WWE. I will not be complaining, but he looked awesome. Of course, um, Rey Mysterio came out as well. Um, Rey Mysterio did the 619 and then Carlito took the, he took a apple out of his pocket and took a bite. Um, he didn't, he didn't rinse it off or anything like that. Um, Bloodline Entertainment sits Sixers with, oh my gosh, they lost. Damn it. Um, 95 to 86 spoilers to those who are watching, but 95 to 86 final series tied at three to three. Does this stay in Philly or it goes back to Boston? I don't know. Um, but yeah, damn. Oh, well. Um, 
Oh well. It is it is what it is. Um it is what it is. But probably because I was watching it. <laughs> I didn't watch the other games. And I started watching the other game. And now the series is tied three to three. Um I think it stays in Philly because they were just in Boston. So I think it stays in Philly. I'm hoping that this is just another thing that Philly Philly teams love to do and take it to the last damn second and make people get heart attack because the Phillies won yesterday and in, in, in the 10th inning off of an error. So of course that made heart attacks all around the Phillies game that I went to, they won one to nothing. Okay. And it came to the last out at, at that. So that's something that Philly's team love to do. I'm hoping I'm still I still have faith in the Sixers that they'll be able to get it done. Okay, I'm hoping they can get it done. Um, but yeah, like come on, you told us to trust the process. Now you need to show us that the process is working, right? But um, coming back to this, first of all, Carlito took a uh, apple out of his pocket. Uh, he didn't rinse it off or anything, and he just took big ass bites of it. Um, then he spat it into Dominic's face and then Dominic and Finn Balor gets out of the ring and starts walking down the aisle. Um, and out comes Savio Vega and he looked good as well. Um, and then LWO came out and attacked, um, Dom and Finn Balor. And then, um, Bad Bunny was in the ring. He did the Bunny Destroyer and then he won the match one, two, three. And then in comes, um, Rey Mysterio, LWO minus Zillian Vega, um, Savio Vega and Carlito, and they all cheering for Bad Bunny and stuff like that. It was playing the theme. The fan, no fans were sitting there singing a song, just chanting, you know, cheering and shouting and everything like that. And they put um, Bad Bunny on. They raised Bad Bunny up on their shoulders, stuff like that. And they were waving the Puerto Rican flags. Boom! That should have been the final shot. We should have seen the little fucking logo in the bottom left hand corner that says, you know, hey, you know, sports entertainment, whatever, WWE 2023, whatever. And the pay-per-view should have went off at that point. That would have been the perfect shot. Um, you know, put that on the front of the New York Post or whatever, at ESPN and everything. Boom. And it should have been ending there. Crowd would have went home happy. All of us would have been like, oh, man, that's such a great pay-per-view. That, you know, it ended so great. That was a great main event, stuff like that. But no, we had two other matches. Not to complain of what the matches are, it's just the placement is just like bad, okay? Um, and I know there's gonna be people that are like, oh, Vince, this, that, no, it's not Vince, okay? Just because something bad happens does not mean it's Vince. This was Papa H. That was um his that was his decision. Um, shout out to Moneymaker Chris. What's up, JD? I was just on his podcast, three and out podcast talking um, football and everything like that um, with the draft and everything. So be sure to check him out. Um, I'll be on there next week too, to talk about the schedule release and all the craziness that's going on with the schedule as well. So um, shout out to you, Chris. Thank you for tuning in as well. Um, but yeah, so now we got to go to the next match, which was the six man tag match. Um, the bloodline going against Matt Riddle, um, KO, and Sami Zayn. Don't know what they're planning to do with these tag team belts. They're still carrying around two belts. I don't know if they're going to combine them or keep them separated or do new designs for them. Who knows? 
Um, and then, of course, Riddle with the tidy whities that just, um, I know as a woman, I'm supposed to like it. Like, oh my gosh, she's wearing tidy whities But no, he was making me feel uncomfortable. It's just the fact that, like, everybody wears trunks. We've seen, like, Randy Orton wears them and stuff like that. But it's just the fact that he doesn't wear knee pads or shoes. So it's just, like, body <laughs> It's just that it's just body and then these tight ass tighty whities. It feels like they get tighter every single time. Get Joe. What's going on? What's good? Oh, you have the two fingers up. What's good? Thank you for tuning in as well. Um, let me make Chris said no problem. Yeah, that was fun. Looking forward to talking about the schedule at least. Yeah, because we got Christmas games and stuff like that. We have Christmas games. We have Black Friday games, which a lot of people were upset about. But it's like, we, what else do we do on Black Friday except for shop well the, the guys don't even shop women shop I, i'm not one of those people that shop on black friday i shop online like i don't have time for that okay um <laughs> Devin said too much skin it is and as a woman i should like that but it's just it just makes me uncomfortable like it's just like that's that's a lot <laughs> i know that in wrestling a lot of people wear the trunk stuff like that but it's a lot um, I feel like he can get some type of infection or something like that because them joints are tight. Okay, those joints are tight and it feels tighter than ever. Um, get show with shout out to the first lady. Thank you so much and thank you for tuning in as well. Um, every time I look at your logo, it reminds me of all that and it makes me want to tune in to Nickelodeon. So just wanted to say that as well. Um, but yeah, it was just it's just a lot. And then he like. So I'm one of those type of women that you can't look better than me. Um, so I was always jealous of Prince. I was a fan of Prince, but I was always so damn jealous because his hair was just perfect. Um, so I was a hater of that. Um, and then with Riddle, I'm a hater because his legs are so smooth. Like, well, I would love for him to just drop the YouTube um, regimen of what he does because his legs were like very like his legs are too smooth. And it was just like, I, I obviously he waxes. Um, he puts on some type of oil or some nice moisturizer or something. And I just want to know, like, your legs are just like, they're too fucking smooth. And I don't like it. <laughs> and I don't like it. Uh, Get Show said, Prince hair moves when he moves. It does. Um, and I was just so jealous of him because I was just like, bro, like, your hair is too damn perfect. And I didn't like it. And I got jealous. I still love Prince. I love Prince to this day. But it's just like, damn it, like your hair was just too perfect. Okay. Um, I know he didn't wash his own hair or anything like that. But I would just love to know, like, who the fuck does your hair? Okay. And how much do she charge? Because um, I like every time we see him, like there was no bad hair day. So and I, I was just like very confused. Um, get your also said Riddle and Charlotte's legs are the same. <laughs> they are, but it's just like Riddle legs are like two damn smooth. But with Charlotte though, she got the knee pads and the boots. So we only just see the thigh and that's it. But with Riddle, we see thigh and calf and, you know, shin and everything like that and toes, um, which that's a whole other story. Um, Devin says, Riddle got those Stacey Keebler ass legs. 
Yes, he does. If he puts on a pair of heels one of these days, we'll, we, we will not be able to tell the difference, okay? <laughs> I dare someone to put Riddle in some heels and put that with the um with the gif of Vince McMahon reacting to when Stacey Kieber was dancing on top of the desk. <laughs> That's when we need that in our life. Oh, man. But yeah, Riddle is just like, <laughs> get your set, Riddle, get your Herbal Essence commercial hair looking at. <laughs> Devin says solo. Yes, that is a solo moment, okay? <laughs> All right. Like, come on, man. Like, he, that's why he, like, that's I, I'm an advocate for wearing knee pads and shoes. I know that uh, Vahala Sarah Logan doesn't wear on anything on her feet. Solo doesn't either, but he has the wraps on his feet. So it's not like full foot contact, but it's just like, bro, there's like blood and sweat and stuff on that mat. Like, I'm like afraid that your toenails is going to eventually fall off at some point. I don't know. I still don't know how he's able to like do... Um, his flips and stuff like that from the second rope. Cause I'm like, you're, you're, you know, you're walking around, like you're sweating. I'm sure your feet sweat. And like your feet, he's going to slip off the rope one of these days because of his toes. Um, but yeah, but then again, he walks, probably walks around so much on his, on his feet that eventually he's just like, the toes are pretty much fingers at a certain point. Funny story. I was watching a, um, it was like a short or something like that that they put out there. And one of the Usos was watching a, uh, they was re-watching one of their videos with Solo on there. And um, I think it was Jimmy that was like, yo, I told Solo, like, you need to put something on your feet. Like, you want to get the Matt Riddle feet? <laughs> you better put something on your feet. Uh, get your set. Oh, man, Sarah Feet Hill looking like sandpaper. Them Johns are definitely, and they, they're advocates for any type of, you know, them heel, the commercials with the crack heel and stuff like that. And it's the gel that you put on your heel. And it's like the before and after. Her feet are definitely before. Matt Riddle may be the after picture because he got them so damn smooth and stuff like that with the pedicures and shit like that. Um, but yeah, her feet are definitely the before picture with that type of um with that type of stuff. I'm sure she can get a sponsor for any type of um for any type of like uh foot treatment sooner or later. Um I know WWE loves their sponsorships. They love their Snickers on that stuff, but if they got any type of foot treatment, I bet you will see Sarah Logan on that bad boy. Um but yeah, they've treated Matt Riddle with uh like with the hot tag and everything like that and him um, and, and everything like that. And I'm like, we completely forgot about KO and, and Sami Zayn and stuff like that. Like they just became champions and now they kind of felt like they got caught thrown onto the, um, to the back burner because we're concentrating on the bloodline here, uh, with baby Oose and his older brothers. And then we got Matt Riddle with the hot tag and everything like that. I'm like, damn Papa H like you really, you really putting the tag team tag champions on, uh, on the uh, back burner out here. Uh, get your said right. The ring mat. But think about backstage raw. That floor has birth COVID. <laughs> Listen. That bad boy got so much shit on there. A forensic scientist. Probably eyes will pop. Okay. Like it, like I could see. 
like you could probably get away with the ring whatever and the um and the ramp even though that's like where a lot of people walk back and forth anyway but if you're walking around backstage like that well riddle he has the slides so riddle Riddle is Riddle. He has the slides. He can get away with it. But Sarah Logan, yo, she comes out barefooted and she walks down the ramp that way. And I'm like, baby girl, like, come on. I know that you've definitely watched, like, Vaseline teaches us to, like, make sure you make, make sure your heels are fine. Like, she don't even wear a pair of socks and stuff like that. And it's like, I'm very sure Vikings had shit on their feet. Like, I watched... Like, I've seen an episode of Vikings. I watched Game of Thrones. Like, even they had shit on their feet. Like, you don't need to wear socks or anything like that. But you can wear, like, moccasins or something like that. Um, You know, just put on some a pair of Mary Janes. Like, you don't need heels or anything like that. Um, But, you know, just get some fake, just get some fake fur and put that shit on your feet or something like that. Um, Tevin said, at least Solo got bandages around his feet. Exactly. She's going, like, full contact on the feet like she's definitely one of those feet that we're going to see in that the athletes feet commercials remember them old school commercials that we saw especially when you're watching a football game or something that commercial comes on with the athlete athletes feet um i forgot the name of the spray i'm sure it's in the back of my mind because i didn't see that commercial so many times with the athlete spray and you spray it and you see the foot and stuff like that that's inflamed and stuff that was sarah logan's feet that's probably that's probably how she gets her money that's probably how she gets her money, you know? Um, <laughs> Sarah out here raw. Seriously, they out here unprotected toes, yo. Like, unprotected toes. They're, I know WWE loves their be a star and all the campaigns they love to do. They need to start a protect them toes campaign because, yo, all right? Y'all out here just, like, not even just what's on the floor. Like, people step on people's feet. You stub your toe. You trip. Like, yo, I stubbed my foot and I was wearing shoes and that shit hurt. I tripped up the steps plenty of times. You mean to tell me they're walking around here perfectly? Like, y'all didn't stub a toe or anything backstage? Like, I know that shit hurts. I, I mean, I hit my foot. You know how you hit your foot with your sneakers on and your shoes on and stuff like that when you're walking around? Y'all out here just walk, we're all dogging it. And I know people bring their kids backstage, stuff like that. Like, you're likely to step on a Lego or something or a nail or a screw back there. Like, brave people out here, yo. Brave people out here. Um, This match, of course, we had some super kicks, you know, super kick on super kick. We were still doing the storyline between Jay Uso and Sami Zayn, which I, I love that. Um, of course, you know, Jay is still, Jay is still so hurt that Sami Zayn decided to turn on the tribal chief because he feels like he got played. He's like, yo, I stood here for you. I did the thing for you. You know, I didn't like you at first and you got me. You got me. Like, I thought he was about to sing, start singing some Faith Evans or something like that out here as much as he felt hurt. By what Sami Zayn did like he was hurt he's more hurt than what you know the shit that he went through with Roman Reigns and everything like dog like Sami Zayn really hurt your feelings out here your wife needs to sit there and have a talk with you because you know that's you're hurt deep what 
Not it's not that often that a guy is is hurt by someone else like that outside the a wife or a girlfriend or an ex girlfriend. Like he was, his feelings was in there deep. <laughs> He'd be singing "Don't Leave" by Black Street. Yes, don't leave me, Sandy. <laughs> All right, he is hurt. That man is hurt, okay? Um, and then he's sitting out here again, the halua kick and things like that. And then on top of that, so then Solo, Solo is like, he is conflicted because the tribal chief is like, yo, your brothers ain't shit. You over here with me, dog. And then Baby Oose is like, yeah, but those are my brothers and stuff. And then Rome, the tribal chief is like, yeah, but remember when they wouldn't let you play the game all those years ago? They told you that you was too young for, you know, Resident Evil and they wouldn't let you play. And how they took, you know, how they always had you as a third wheel and you always got stuck with the ugly front and stuff like that. And he's like, yeah, dog, I remember that. Yeah. And so, yeah, so now Solo's like conflicted because he doesn't know which way to go. Um, Faith Evans, soon as I get home hurt. Yes, man. Jay Uso is hurt. They need to put that on the shirt. All right. Oh, that's deep one. Yes. He is he is hurt. Okay. Um, and then like I said, to make matters worse. So then Solo's out here, like he he's sitting here attacking. Jay went to, you know, grab his arm or something like that. Solo comes around, puts his hand on his throat and goes to do, you know, goes to do it, goes to do it. And then Jay's like, oh, oh. <laughs> he just, he did uh, like, gave me anime type of vibes. We just like, oh, oh. like, he's like, you about to hit me? I'm your brother. And then Solo didn't know what to do. Cause then he looked at the thumb. And he was like, I should, I should just like fucking take you out right now. He's like, I'm your brother. I'm your brother. You gonna do this to me? I'm like, damn, man, this guy is going through it. Like, WWE eventually is gonna put out a two-hour YouTube video of the chronological chronological story of Jay Uso, like going from heartbreak to heartbreak to heartbreak out here, you know. Um, but yeah, baby Uso out here, just like he was ready to take his brothers out, and then Solo was Solo didn't even apologize. I know Solo is a man of few words, but he his eyes did not say I'm sorry or anything like that. Because, you know, he talks a little bit with his face sometimes. His face did not say I'm sorry or anything like that. He's like, listen, I should have took you out, okay? Um, what's going on, Dom, from the Top Talk Wrestling, Top Rope Wrestling Talk podcast? Uh, that track is deep. I'm in my feels just hearing it in my head. What's good, your grace? What's good, Dom? Thank you for tuning in. But yeah, listen, Jay Uso is out here hurting. I should put, I'm gonna put that on my board for the next episode. Like, Jay Uso is hurt. Like, for 30 cents a day, you can help this poor Uso feel better, man. He just, he needs some love. He needs a hug or something like that. They need to set up a GoFundMe account for this guy to get like flowers or something like that because he's hurt, right? He needs to speak to someone to talk about like there is some, there's some unresolved hurt out there, all right? Like he needs a hug, okay? And apparently he's not going to get it from Solo. And then 
Jimmy Uso's just like, this is lovely. Look at us, guys. Look at us, brothers. We're brothers. We're happy. Single. Like, he's out here just like in the clouds, not even like paying attention what's going on or anything like that, you know? Because after that situation with um, Solo and Jay, here comes Jimmy like, hey, guys, this is great. We're brothers and stuff. I'm like, man, if you don't get out of here, I know you happy because your wife happy <laughs> is happier right now. Your wife done showed up at an impact. She's feeling all good and stuff like that. So you're having a, so she's giving you a good time at home. So you just like, you're not paying attention. You don't give a shit about what's going on. All right. You don't care. You don't give a damn that your baby ooze is about to take out your twin ooze. All right. You just like, hey, hey guys, uh, it's good out here. I'm feeling good and everything like that. <laughs> Got show like, haha, yo, shout out to the Wings Brothers. Yeah, I used to watch that show, of course. Um, oh, there's a um, Devin speaking to Dom of what's good, Shield Brother, of course. I know y'all the, the Shield out there, but yeah. The Uso, like, I'm loving what's going on with the bloodline here. Even though Roman Reigns isn't here and he is wrestling stuff like that, it is still stuff going on with the bloodline. And it's funny. Like, Jimmy's feeling good. He's having the time of his life. His marriage is probably, like, on top of the hill because Trinity's feeling good. She sat there and, you know, had time off and everything like that. So she's happy. She's feeling good and stuff like that. Happy wife, happy life, as they always say. So Jimmy's just like, he's on cloud nine. He's like, hey. This is great, guys. Like, even though I'm not the champion anymore, I'm good. I'm great. Jay's over here getting heartbreak after heartbreak. He sees all, he sees the stuff that's happening and everything like that. And then Solo's like, listen, I'm just ready to just take someone. I will take out my brother if the tribal chief tells me to. Um, and then, yes, RIP to Pops, man. Of course, RIP to Pops. Uh, but yeah, I love, I love the Wayans brothers. I love Friday, of course. So, you know, Pops is always, always have a place uh, in my heart. Um, yeah, I miss, I miss that. I miss, it's a lot of, it's a lot of great legends out there that has been, um, that was taken so soon. Um, but yeah, it's just, this was like the, the details in this match was funny to me. I know, like, this was mainly just for the tag team champion for Riddle to get over. But what's going on with the bloodline is just, like, so great. The tribal chief shows up tomorrow. Of course, Devin puts the hearts in there <laughs> for your tribal chief. But, yes, Roman is coming back. He's going to come back to regulate. Jimmy's still going to be happy. He's going to like, hey, hey, Oos. <laughs> hey, hey, tribal chief. How you doing? What's going on? And sit there and sit there and dab him up and stuff like that. Jay's going to look ups, either upset, sad, or just straight up, like, not feeling it, okay? And then Solo's just going to solo. That's all there is to it. Um, but, of course, we know what happens with this match, um, with them losing here, of course. It is what it is, you know. Sorry. We know that the bloodline is slowly starting to come apart. And... Um, but I'm I'm enjoying the ride while we're here. And you know, just shout shout out to Jay Uso. I hope it gets better for you, dog. I really do. Like, you know, hugs, hugs to you, my bro, my oos. Cause you know, it's gonna be okay. And then we get to the main event, uh, which was main event because whatever reason. All right. 
Um, and that was Mr. Un un under Brock Lesnar, uh, the under Brock Lesnar, who is cosplaying as, you know, Undertaker over here. And then Mr. Cody Rhodes, who, if you watched the watch along stuff like that, I do call him, as you saw the title of this episode, a bad bunny and Mr. Adversity. And yes, I say it that way. And I say it about this guy because that's what, look at him. Look at this guy. All right. Mr. Adversity here. All right. He is going to overcome. Uh, he's going to overcome whatever. And I, yes. And so I always, I sit there and call him Mr. Adversity. I did call him president at one point because he does feel like he's campaigning and stuff. Um, but he always, he's just going to sing the song of, uh, you know, that he has to overcome things and he has to be, you know, find some adversity in this, even though he says, I don't need to do get an adversary because whatever, he's been gone for four years, stuff like that. But it's like, dog, nobody was talking about you while you were gone. People didn't care for you um, until you became EVP of the rival company of WWE and you started to, you know, crash the um, thrones and stuff like that. Um, what's going on? Shout out to Streets. Hi, JD. What's going on? Thank you so much for tuning in as well. As we get to, of course, Mr. Adversity right here. Um, yes. If if you get tired of me saying it like that, then oh well. You know, thank you for tuning in. Um, but that's why I'm gonna call this guy. Um, and yes, I always say that I am the president of the Cody Rhodes Hates Us Club, and that's with an A, not an ER. I appreciate this guy, you know. I appreciate this guy and what he's done. I'm a fan of AEW. Thank you, sir. Okay. Um, but this adversity, all that he did in AEW, he's bringing it over to WWE. And um, I don't know. I I wasn't a fan of Hulk Hogan. I feel as though nobody is a hundred percent pure. All right. Um, I was a slight fan of Luke Skywalker too, but Skywalker has a little Skywalker has some things to him as well. But I just feel as though no one is just pure a hundred percent. And he is just like, I could see it right now. Um, that this guy is just like, he gives me Cena vibes. Um, but at least Cena, at least Cena takes on the hate and the dislike that the fans gave. When this guy got the dislike from the fans, he didn't like it. He complained and stuff like that. And he left. Now, of course, now he is where he can, um, he will get cheered. Um, which is perfect for him. But eventually, just like we see with Bianca Belair, eventually the crowd gets tired of you. And I would just love to see what happens when that happens for this guy. Um, are you going to, you know, keep fighting the good fights? Because eventually, you know, eventually people are going to people. Um, Gitcho said, nah, Chewbacca is the best character. I love Chewbacca. I love Chewbacca. I am a Darth Vader fan. Um, I am a Darth Vader fan. I like Anakin Skywalker, um, mainly because he turns to Darth Vader. But um, I'm a Darth Vader person. Um, light side, I like Chewie. I'm a Han Solo person too, so that kind of uh, that kind of explains the fact that I don't like. I like, but I like, like I said, I like Luke Skywalker. Um, but yeah, I like Chewbacca too. Um, I can't do the Chewbacca impersonation. Um, <laughs> I'll start coughing. <laughs> okay. It sounds like I got to gargle some mouthwash when I try to do it. <laughs> so I'm not going to attempt that, <laughs> but I appreciate the people who can make the Chewbacca noises. 
as well. Um, and I have a I have like a little little case up there that I have that um it's like a little puzzle case, but it's Chewbacca's face on it. That's the only thing I have of Chewbacca in my little shrine that you kind of you kind of see it over here. Um, I have like a Star Wars Star Wars Undertaker wrestling, and then you see my Batman portion right here as well. Um, but yeah. So getting back to this guy, um, so the fans cheered for both guys, um, and the crowd sung, first of all, I don't know if anyone noticed, but Puerto Rico knew all the words to Cody Rhodes' song, like, they didn't just say, whoa, like, they started from adrenaline in my soul, you know how we always say, adrenaline in my soul, something, 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 Cody Rhodes, Puerto Rico knew all the words there, and I'm like, yo, can y'all... Like, I know the lyrics is out there, but props to y'all for learning the words of the song and singing it along with, with the um, entrance. So props to Puerto Rico for learning the song and learning lyrics to the song and singing the song during his entrance. Um, but that woe was WrestleMania loud. Um, there was only what? I don't know how many people was in that arena. It wasn't it wasn't eighty thousand or seventy thousand, but it sounded like it for as loud as they were. Um, but yeah, with this match though, I'm going to say it. This match was not main event worthy. Like if this was any other pay per view, I'll say that. Like yeah, but the fact that we had like a bigger match on the card that should have main evented, the way that this match went. It was it was good. It was it was a good match with a terrible finish. And that's something that WWE is so consistent on is having a good match and then a terrible finish. Um they love to they love their DQs and stuff like that, the disqualifications. Um the, they did a roll up here, which is something that we see a lot in AEW. AEW loves a good roll up. Um WWE does it. They kind of got away from it for a little bit, but it seems like we're starting to return to it with these roll-ups. Um, but yeah, Brock Lesnar comes out. Cody Rhodes attacks Brock Lesnar before the bell. Um, he hit him with a chair a couple of times, stuff like that, um, and then got him in the ring and the bell rung. Um, and then um, Cody Rhodes got a little bit of, in, of offense going, and then what I said was going to happen is exactly what happened. And Cody Rhodes got introduced to a little place called Suplex City. Um, Get Show said the roll-up finish is the best finisher. It's the finisher that that is it that no one calls as their finisher, except for Xavier Woods, who has a roll-up as his finisher, which props to you, sir, because thank you for someone acknowledging the fact that the roll-up should be someone's finisher because people pull a, a roll up out of their ass all the damn time in wrestling um but yeah cody rose got introduced to suplex city got suplex eight times apparently i i think I, I think it was eight it may have been nine or something like that um devin says Xavier calls it the backwoods yeah i remember he called it the backwoods i popped when i first heard him say that i was like sir that's why you're so cool <laughs> that's why you're cool you got to roll up finish and you call it the backwoods. And I think he got, um, he, I think it was the Miz that he got it on. Um, the last time he won the match with it, I think it was the Miz that he got that, um, that he got the finisher on, which I thought was fun, was funny. Um, 
And then this match gets interesting. So then when Brock Lesnar went to suplex Cody um, again, Cody grabbed onto the turnbuckle. And when he got suplexed, the turnbuckle came off easily, even though the turnbuckles are normally tied in like 20,000 knots. Somehow when Cody grabbed this one, this came melted right off, right off. Um, And then I forgot how the sequence went, but eventually Brock Lesnar got, was pushed into the turnbuckle, hit it, and immediately started bleeding. And I was shocked because I'm like, first of all, um, when Finn Balor started bleeding heavily, even though, yes, it was a very deep cut, they stopped that match immediately when they saw the blood and, and would not let him wrestle, would not let that man continue until they stopped the bleeding on him. So it's just like, you know, one thing isn't like the other. Um, Brock Lesnar immediately starts bleeding. We got blood going, stuff like that. And um, he was wrestling with the red mask. I'm like, John Moxley is out there freaking the fuck out. <laughs> He's probably like, oh, yeah, I can bleed from my head and my back. Okay. <laughs> he probably called up. Kenny Omega right away and was like, listen, this is how you're going to make me bleed, okay? Um, yeah, John Moxley was out there, was like, no one is going to out-bleed me, all right? <laughs> um, and then on top, first of all, Cody Rhodes kicked out of the F5. I don't know if anybody caught that. I caught it, of course. Um, but Cody Rhodes kicked out of the F5. Um, Brock Lesnar sat there, put the Kimura on him as well. It looked like Cody was going to tap. Um, <clears throat> it looked like Cody was going to tap. And then Cody Rhodes did a roll-up. And for some reason, Rock Lesnar was unable to kick out of it. And one, two, three, and that was the end of the match. And that's how it finished. I've seen some other people react. When I, when I was doing the watch-along along with my brothers at the Bloodline Entertainment Network, we was all like, what? Really, that's how this match ends, though. Like, we had a very fiery build for this match, especially with Brock Lesnar sitting there just snapping. We had, like I said, it was Suplex City version of Brock Lesnar out here. Out here just, you know, subscribing people, telling people, hey, come on in to Suplex City. You like, you may not enjoy your stay here, but I will make sure that I enjoy the fact that you are staying here. Um, a weak ass roll up too. I know it was, it was so weak. And then I guess because like the, see, the thing is when they do these type of roll-ups, it's like, come on dog. Like, it's not like you don't know what's going on. You're laying on your shoulders and you feel someone. It's not like the refs lightly tap the mat when they're counting to three, they're slapping the hell out of the mat when they are counting to three and they sat there and go, one, two, like, it's like no way that you don't know what's going on and that you just can't get out of it. Brock Lesnar has shown plenty of times how strong that motherfucker is. He is able, like, I will never forget when he was beefing with Seth Rollins and Seth Rollins was running and Brock Lesnar cleared the fucking um, barricade. That scared the hell out of me. I will never forget that. I'm like, this dude is like strong as hell and everything like that. And you couldn't kick out of a simple roll up. Shame. 
Shame, 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 shame. <laughs> and then Cody ran. And then Cody, yes, Cody immediately ran off. So it wasn't even like we had the last shot of Cody like standing tall. Cody got the fuck out of there. Yes, adversity, he ran the fuck off. He immediately knew what the hell was going on. And then he ran off. And then on Raw, like a dumbass, he talked about some, well, now that the story of Brock Lesnar is finished, like, no, sir, you should know that it's not finished. That's why you ran off. Like, if it was finished, you would have stood in the damn ring, okay, with your arms raised, your song going and stuff like that, you know, eagles flying and things like that. And, you know, uh, the flag, the American flag comes out of nowhere and a choir singing the national anthem. But no, you got the hell out of there because you knew that Brock Lesnar was about to whoop your ass again. And so if you knew that Brock Lesnar was about to whoop your ass again, that there is an ass kicking, there's a can of whoop ass with your name on it. Uh, that's why you got out of the ring. You should know that the story isn't finished. Okay, you talking about one in the finished story. You should know the story isn't finished from Brock Lesnar's side. All right. You called the man a coward. And then you sat there and ran off after you beat the guy like a coward. But yeah, he ran out of the ring. Uh, Brock Lesnar, they threw him, they threw this man a towel and was just like, wipe yourself off. Like, <laughs> nah, bro. Brock was like, we got beef. Look at my face. That's exactly what he said at Raw. He was like, no one makes me bleed my own blood and they don't pay for it. Like, Brock Lesnar is like, all right, bitch. It is on like Donkey Kong, okay? There is, we are not done. Story is not finished, okay? The chapter is not even finished. You just wrote on one page and you try to sit there and say happily ever after. No, motherfucker. The story is not finished here. Yeah. But yeah, this, first of all, and then that was the ending shot of Cody Rhodes looking surprised scared or whatever in the in the fucking aisle while brock lesnar is just sitting there like pass me the fucking towel here and that was the ending shot not the shot of her bad bunny on the shoulders of um of ray uh ray mysterio and lwo with um carlito and savio vega sitting there holding up the Puerto Rican flag and everyone cheering and, and having fun and stuff like that. No, that's not the ending shot. This was the ending shot of Cody Rhodes sitting there running off like, oh, well, I need to get the fuck out of here. <laughs> okay. So, yeah. Um, Overall, the pay-per-view would have been good if they had the proper placement. I am not forgiving of the placement of the matches because... WWE has been around for so long. Triple H has been around for a very long time to know that the main event should be the moneymaker. I know that these two are the popular wrestlers if we are back in America, but you're in Puerto Rico, okay? You need to put you put this on for the crowd. That's why Sami Zayn main evented night one of wrestling. Well, no, not... um. That's why Sami Zayn... They, pushed Sami Zayn when it came to them being in um Canada for that um what was that that he was at for um not backlash fast lane was it fast lane yeah fast lane um when he was going against Roman Reigns for the title so it's just like come on keep that same energy and you should have gave Puerto Rico 
what they want. Give them what they want, as Batista would say. Um, the placement does hurt the PLE. It did. It did. Um, oh, Elimination Chamber. Thank you. I don't know why I was thinking. I'm thinking Fastlane. It's Elimination Chamber now. Yes. That's why they made that. That's why they pushed that at um, because they were in Montreal. And so it's like you should have gave Puerto Rico, you know, what they wanted. Obviously, the thing that you kept promoting ever since you started, you know, ever since you announced this um, event, and that was put Bad Bunny last. And so that's why this isn't this pay-per-view premium live event wasn't an A plus or anything for me. It's because of what happened here. And it's not even like um, this match even had a bad ending. If this had a great ending and stuff like that, I would have been like, all right, I kind of understand why we did this here. Um, but this match between these two guys was nowhere as good as the match with Bat Bunny and Damian Priest. And the crowd, the crowd was still good, but they kind of died down because of all the energy they gave because of Bat Bunny was there. Um, so yeah, it's a shame that you know that's what it was here. That's what it was when it came to um that what happened here, but it is what it is. I'm hoping that they just learn from this mistake. So going into Raw, because after we get it with these two, it's just like, okay, where do we go from here? So getting into what happened at Raw. Um, now, Triple H at the press conference had mentioned that there is going to be um, triple threat matches at um, triple threat matches for the World Heavyweight Championship. Two triple threat matches on Raw, two triple threat matches on SmackDown. The winners of those two triple threat matches will face each other that at the main event of the prospective shows. And then the winners of those two shows will then face each other at Night of Champions. So everybody's confused because it's like, sir, uh, Papa H, you yourself explained that this title is going to be exclusive to Raw because Roman Reigns is on SmackDown and whoever gets the title is going to be Raw. So why are we giving people on SmackDown a chance? Paul, um, Triple H did not explain this. Did not explain why we why we suddenly are including SmackDown people. Maybe he realized, oh shit, I said, I said a little bit too much too early. Realize he doesn't have enough people to do a tournament with. He could have easily had um he could have easily had a tournament instead of doing triple threat match, triple threat match. But, you know, we're, we're living and we're learning here. We're living and we're learning here. So we had invited people from SmackDown to come on in here and put on um, to do the triple threat matches. So, of course, we had Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Damian Priest. Uh, Damian Priest with a bit of a limp, which um, Seth Rollins had noticed. I appreciate that. And then, of course, Shinsuke Nakamura, who's the coolest motherfucker that i ever seen. Um, he will always be cool to me. Um, he comes out, first of all, shout out to the crowd on SmackDown for singing Shinsuke Nakamura's theme. I really appreciate that. And then we get it again at Raw as well that there we're now singing a theme the casual crowd and everyone is starting to understand that when you hear shinsuke nakamura's theme you you sing the hell out of you sing you hum sing tap clap whatever to that beat um of course cody started off because they were in jacksonville 
um, he mentioned how, hey, so what do you want to talk about? He was like, oh, you know, I lived here in Jacksonville. We had some good times, yada, 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 yada. Um, then Seth Rollins comes out. Um, actually, I did I tune out what he said? Yeah, no, I, I slightly tuned out. I did notice that he said, now that this is over with Brock Lesnar, because I was like, dude, you ran away from the match. This isn't over. And he was like, now I'm going to concentrate on the World Heavyweight champion uh, Championship. And I'm like, sir, no, you're not concentrating on that. You need to finish the story with Brock Lesnar first. That story isn't finished. Um, but Seth Rollins come out, and I appreciate the fact that we are now – it seems like this is canon that in, with Seth Rollins' entrance that they take the moment, they put the spotlight on him, they black out the arena like it's Bray Wyatt, and they let the crowd sing his song. I was like, that's cool as hell. Chris Jericho is somewhere a little upset. Um, but it was cool. And then, first of all, um, loving the this matchup of Damian Priest, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Seth Rollins, that Damian Priest is getting his flowers, damn it. Um, but in the end, we had Seth Rollins win here, which isn't surprising, of course. Um, and then we get to the second triple threat match with The Miz, Cody Rhodes, and Finn Balor. Um, there was some guessing that Brock Lesnar is going to come in and take out Cody Rhodes um, because you can't be Mr. Adversity without getting some adversity. And that's what he got. Um, Brock Lesnar, first of all, um, Brock Lesnar got uh, you know, first of all, he has the cut from when he got his head open, but somehow, well, he got a black eye and he's like, look at my face. And I'm like, sir, I would be pissed off as well. If my wife is sable and I had to come home to her with a fucking cut in the middle of my forehead and a big ass black eye and you had to go home to sable and sable looks like, what the fuck happened to your face? No, get, get away, get away from me. Um, I would come back and whoop Cody Rhodes' ass, too, because I'm like, look what the fuck you did to my face. My wife don't want to look at me, okay? So, yeah, I would have whooped Cody Rhodes' ass, too. So I don't blame Brock Lesnar for sitting there, like, getting pissed off. And then he got the microphone, and he was like, so, Cody, what do you want to talk about? I was like, ooh, yeah, man, you done pissed off the wrong guy. You done pissed off the wrong guy. See, that's... It's Cody's fault because he's he was too trusting. He thought like, yeah, Brock Lesnar is my friend. And if he had been paying attention for uh with WWE instead of sitting there talking shit about um Triple H this whole time, he would have saw these past couple of years that Brock Lesnar isn't friendly to anyone. Uh he fucking turned he he fucking beat the shit out of uh, Paul Heyman. What do you like he's not your friend? Like that's on him. That's his fault. Had he had been paying attention to WWE, he would have known as soon as Brock Lesnar came out and said he wanted to be his tag team partner, he should have been like, you know what, dog? I'll make this a handicap match. You just go home back home to your hot wife, and I'll take it from here, you know? Um, I appreciate your help, but I'm going to pass this one time. That's what Cody should have done. Because um, soon, if that was me, I'd be like, mm, dog, mm. I got it from here, sir. You, how about I take you out for a steak dinner afterwards? Don't you worry. We'll just make this a, a handicap match. I know I can survive a handicap. I know I have a higher chance of surviving a handicap match between the tribal chief and Solo versus getting my ass beat by you. So that's on Cody. 
That's on Cody. And so now, yeah, now your story continues with Brock Lesnar. Your story takes place in Suplex City right now. Uh, but we had Finn Balor, who won the second triple threat match, which I'm like, yes, give us Seth versus Finn Balor here. And that's exactly what we got. Um, we had a great match between those two. First of all, some uh, unique offense with Seth Rollins doing the face the face stomp as well, too. Um, Devin says, got the right clip. He should have paid more attention. Yes, yo, if you got a clip, go ahead and play it. You better watch this guy. You better watch it. I don't know about this guy. Exactly. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what the fuck Cody should have said. I don't know about this guy. Like, something should have went off in his head, and it was like, I don't know about this guy right here. I don't know. But, nope. He's just like, have you go luckily. Oh, man. Yes, I got Brock Lesnar as my friend, guys. See? Should have paid attention. Should have paid attention. Um, but, yes, Seth Rollins doing the front stomp, which I thought was very unique, which then turned into the curb stomp. Um, Chef's kiss. Uh, we need to see Seth Rollins versus Finn Balor a lot more. Um, I'm I'm loving the way that this draft is turning out. Because normally when we use, I don't know why I'm more excited, probably because it's, it's Triple H and we know that he's making these moves to be a little bit more strategic so that we get these type of matchups. Like, look what we got here. First day of the switcheroo with this draft. And we got Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, and Shinsuke Nakamura in a match together. And in the same night, we got Seth Rollins and Finn Balor going against each other. Now, there was a bit of, a little bit of a hiccup here and there um with with raw um like i said this is the first look of triple h's actual like booking we can say like you know the past what we saw the past year was the lead up for wrestlemania that was already put in place but now this is all triple h and so we're getting we're getting great things like what we saw here um but then we're getting some other stuff that's just like mm, i don't know and i know that there is a lot of people who um loves Dana Brooke, but unfortunately, Dana Brooke hasn't been booked the best. So when I saw Rhea Ripley going against Dana Brooke, it's just like, okay. All right. Like, I, I'm happy for Dana Brooke that she is getting a little bit of time to shine, but I don't know about Dana Brooke as far as, you know, going against Rhea Ripley right now. And then we see Natalia come out. So I guess she is the next competitor for to go against Rhea Ripley, which I'm like, you know what? I will see how this plays out. I'm not 100% sure how this is going to go, but I'll watch it play out. Um, we also had Zoe Stark, too, who went against Nikki Cross. Um, crowd was, well, the crowd in Jacksonville, I'm sure there was a, I, there was a rumor that I read that they, the WWE was slightly disappointed in Jacksonville because of the hype that was in um, Puerto Rico. And allegedly they had the pipe in noise because the crowd was dead. Well, it's like, well... I mean, there is no, unless you go to Chicago and bring back CM Punk, you're not going to get that heightenedness again um, from a crowd after Puerto Rico, okay? But, you know, it is what it is. And I do find it funny that they had the pipe-in noise. Uh, normally, that's a Vince McMahon type of situation. But this instant, they had the pipe-in noise because the crowd was that damn dead. Um, no, I think what we should do is we should have a crowd in Puerto Rico 
watching Raw and SmackDown. Whenever something happens, just like they love to, that's like they did at WrestleMania, cut the, to the Puerto Rican crowd, okay? That will get me hyped. You just cut to the Puerto Rican crowd via satellite, and we, we see them react to something, and then we just go from there. But yeah, you're... We're not gonna get we're not gonna get that hypeness. I don't even know where SmackDown is at, and we probably won't get that. The, the crowd won't be as hype as Puerto Rico either. But it is what it is. They just have to start going overseas more. That's all that there is to it. Um, but like I said, we did have Zoe Stark going against Nikki Cross. Um, very interesting. I love Zoe Stark's look, so I'm interested to see how we go from here. Uh, apparently, she's she was brought up as a heel. Um, I saw that because she challenged. She challenged Nikki Cross to a match and said that um, Raw was filled with weirdos. So we'll see how that goes from here. Um, I'm just interested on a lot of the matchups that we're going to see between um, Raw and SmackDown. Um, Get Show said, I don't blame them. You see the kid not give Dana a high five. Get Show privilege, little ass. I know. I felt, oh my gosh. I felt so bad for Dana Brooke because like normally a normally a kid will just like give you a high five because kids love to give high fives except for that little motherfucker. <laughs> she she tried. She was like, "Give me a high five. And that kid was like, "I'm not giving you a fucking high five. I don't know who the fuck you are." My mama told me not to talk to strangers. <laughs> and she just like, "Okay." On national TV, viewed by over 2 million people. And it was probably on YouTube and everything like that of watching her, watching Dana Brooke get played by a five-year-old. It's just, that should have told her right there what type of match she was about to have. Because it was a squash match against uh, Rhea Ripley. I don't even know how long that match was for. But yeah, it was very short. Um, Moneymaker Chris said, I'm pulling for Zoe. I like her work. I like her work too. She kind of gives me a bit of Charlotte flat vibes. I don't know why. She gives me a little bit of Charlotte, in a good way. In a good way, she gives me like um, Charlotte vibes. But I'm very interested to see who they're gonna who they're going to put her against first. That's what's going to be very crucial. If who they're going to put her against first, because with the right type of feuds and the building and stuff like that, you can have her as a pretty good heel. Um, but if they start just throwing her to people and stuff like that. And just like what they did with Candice LeRae, they were just like throwing her to people. And then the whole mixed tag team thing, it can go down very fast. So I'm hoping that Triple H is very strategic with the booking and not just booking people in matches just to fill up the show, you know? So I'm hoping that's that's what they do. Um, right? It's just a high five. It is. All you do, kid, all you do is just, just open up your hand. Like his hand, his hand was on the thing. All you got to do is just raise it up a little bit so she can high five you. You know, you could have sat there and said, you could have said you got high fives on, on national TV. And the kid was like, I don't know you, lady. My mom said, don't talk to, don't talk to strangers. Um, Moneymaker Chris said they need to put Dana with Emma again. They were great in NXT together. Yeah, they do. They do. She was, and she was, she was, Dana was, Dana Brooke was very good in NXT, period. And they put her up on the main roster. She had like moments here and there. Um, when her boyfriend had passed, they gave her a a, a bit of a push, and then it just kind of like went nowhere. And then people started hashtagging "Give Dana Brooke a chance," and that went nowhere. <clears throat> I saw it was like, I don't know, my Twitter, 
my Twitter trending is a bit weird because I saw that people were hashtagging give Dana Brooke a chance. And it was like, it, you know how it shows you how many tweets it was. It was like 2000 tweets. I'm like, why are you showing me that this is trending and it's only 2000 tweets on this? So, yeah, that's what Twitter was telling me that people there are two, at least 2000 people out there that wants to give Dana Brooke a chance. Um, but yeah. It's just like they have to they have to book people strategically again. If you book someone in a squash, that's how people are gonna view it. That's why um with Piper when it was Piper Nevin, EO Sky, and Mia Yim, that's a match that normally would be so hype for us to watch in NXT. But because Piper Nevin, Mia Yim, and even EO Sky wasn't really booked like any that strongly. The crowd was just sitting on their hands at that point because WWE didn't give them a reason to care. Let that have been black and gold NXT. Everybody would have been standing on their feet, cheering and saying, this is awesome before the match even started. Um, Get your set. Agree. I like them together. Yeah. And that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that Triple H just puts people together. That just makes sense. Um, Like with the, um, with Sami Zayn, like, Sammy's like Sammy Zayn a year ago was with Johnny Knoxville. People didn't really care too much about the feud. Of course, it was a fun match to watch. But look what happened a year le- a year later with Sammy Zayn. People were like ups were getting upset that Sammy Zayn wasn't going to win the title. And there was a few people that were upset at Cody Rose because they felt as though if Cody Rose wasn't in the picture, Sammy Zayn could have been the one to to defeat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. People were even giving out like, oh, just have Sami Zayn challenge Roman for one title and Cody challenge for one title. And that's the power of booking and good storytelling. And I think you can apply this with anyone, truly. I mean, look at, like, I always use Seth Rollins as an example. Seth Rollins was in a losing feud with Cody Rhodes and he came out like, bigger than ever with the booking and of course you know crowd starting to share you know sing his song and stuff like that so you know it's just it, he just has to be very careful with the booking with these new with these people that's coming up on the main roster and like i fear for them because it's like with zoe starks and um alba fire and isla dawn um who else with Indy Hartwell as well? Like the booking is very delicate of them starting out because that's what the main crowd is going to remember them for. Like now, when they see now, when the crowd sees Dana Brooke, like we know what Dana can do. But when a casual see Dana Brooke, they're like, oh, that's the girl that got squashed by Rhea Ripley last week. Why, why should I care? She may, she, she might get squashed again, you know, quickly. So, it's just that I'm hoping that we are we're delicate with the booking because we have some talented people on here. You have the chance now to create multiple multiple superstars just like we had with NXT. The reason why NXT was so good is because they concentrated on building up every single person, whether you were first on the card or last on the card. Like they put over Fandango they put over Bobby Roode. It was so many people in, in the black and gold NXT that was put over on whereas though on the main roster, they was just like there, you know? So I'm hoping that um the booking works well for everyone. Um, the rest of Raw really wasn't uh that big. I mean, they had Mustafa going against Otis, we had Dominic going against Xavier Woods. 
um, as well. We had Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn going against Imperium, um, which was, it was a good match. Now that was a good match. Um, Gunther will be coming back uh, next Monday, actually, um, which I can't wait to see. I love Gunther. Um, I love Gunther. Um, so, you know, that's pretty much what happened on Raw. It wasn't really, it was a good like the triple threats and the main event was really good. The rest of it was just like, uh, eh, like, you know, let's, we need to figure out what we doing here as far as, um, with raw now getting into, um, AEW. Um, first of all, it is May of 2023 and we're finally getting Miro day. Miro has returned. Ladies and gentlemen, there is no longer where the fuck is Miro. Thank you, Tony Khan for finally listening to us. Um, to bring back Miro. Now, please book him correctly. You know, um, don't book him in any dumb shit. That's all I'm hoping. Um, let's book this man strong. You could put him in a feud with Powerhouse Hobbs, Samoa Joe, Wardlow. We want meat slapping meat here, Tony. If Tony Khan is listening, please have Miro slapping meat with another big guy. Let's do it. Book it. Please book it. Okay. Um, but I'm happy to see Miro back. We also had Thunder Rosa returning. She was like, it seems like a good day to talk to Poppy Khan. I was like, okay. Um, uh, I get it, you know, but Poppy Khan, mm, nah, I don't, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that nickname there, but yeah, we had Thunder Rosa coming back. Um, if you watch the all access show that they have out there, they just was putting out there that Britt Baker just have such a big ass issue with thunder rosa and everything like they try to paint thunder rosa like you know she's just well thunder rosa has her shit but you know they really like they really have Britt baker Britt baker like complained the fuck out of the fact that thunder rosa held the title like your man ha has a concussion he doesn't know if we can come back and he kept showing these segments you know you know tony shivani thunder thunder rosa still has the title and i don't understand why she still has the title and it's like, Britt, you need to call your man at home. <laughs> you need to talk to Adam Cole. He's out there, you know, on Twitch, playing video games with his crew, with his um, community and everything like that. You need to, you need to take care of that. Um, but yeah, we had Thunder Rosa coming back as well. Um, I appreciated the fact that they had this bio vignettes for each one of the pillars. And in each vignette, there was a... Um, there was a, um, I guess I can call it a legend that talked about them. So I caught a little bit of MJF. So I don't know who was talking for MJF, but I know for Darby Allen, it was Sting. For Jungle Boy, it was Christian. And for Sammy Guevara, it was Chris Jericho. And it was putting them over, which I appreciate because you have to, like, I'm glad that they understand that there are people who did not watch AEW during the pandemic. So they have no idea of the work that these four did during the pandemic because a lot of people came over when you had CM Punk come back we had Adam Cole and Brian Danielson come in as well and a lot of the other former WWE wrestlers who came in as well so yes you have to kind of re-explain to people why the fuck you got these four people in a main event versus Kenny Omega Brian Danielson yada 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 so I do appreciate the fact that we are like getting to know these four better and kind of doing these um, vignette bios to put them over more. So appreciate that. That was a great idea. 
I hope they continue with it instead of having these four come out and cut promos because that can get tiresome at a certain point. They have to really book this to be a very strong, um, a very strong main event for Double or Nothing. Um, first of all, I love Heel Christian. Um, shout out to, I think they were in Detroit. Yeah, they were in Detroit. Shout out to Detroit for their cheers and their chants. They were chanting to Christian, shut the fuck up. And he also said Edge is better, which you can tell that slightly pissed off Christian. Um, because, of course, that is the chant that he you he would get as a heel. Um, they need to start selling Christian merchandise, but instead of shirts, they need to sell turtlenecks. I never seen anyone put over a turtleneck like Christian has done. Um, when he says he's outworking everyone, he's outworking everyone as far as with the turtlenecks. Um, he is the most outworking turtleneck wearer I ever seen. I think Steve Jobs wear turtlenecks. So maybe up there with Steve Jobs if Steve Jobs does wear turtlenecks. But yeah, Christian, Christian's out here outworking that turtleneck. That's what he's doing. Um, he is, you know, of course, putting over Luchasaurus, who looks like he is from the latest edition of um, Jurassic World as well. Um, shout out to the turtleneck game. Yes, he is rocking a turtleneck. He killed me when he was wrestling Jungle Boy in that casket match. I forgot what they called it. I forgot final burial, whatever. It's a casket match. It's a buried alive casket match, sir. Um, and he wore the turtleneck as his wrestling gear and he fucking cut off the sleeves. I was like, listen, the amount of dedication it takes for the turtleneck, like shout out to Christian. He needs... They need to sell some turtlenecks or something under his name. Like he's put, he's putting over turtlenecks. He is trying to bring turtlenecks back. I used to wear turtlenecks as a kid. I think all of us did had to wear turtlenecks, especially if you went to school where you had to wear the fucking turtleneck under your uniform. Oh my gosh. Um, and this, and that bitch, it's your neck after a certain point too. Um, Kitcho said Christian wearing that turtleneck like R&B singer. Yes, you can tell Christian came from the 80s and 90s. He remembered turtlenecks all that well. You know, plus, you know, after a while, them turtlenecks start itching, especially when you sweat and stuff like that. That bitch be itching. You sit there, try to fold it down even further to try to, and you sit there and stretch out the neck portion and everything. Now, Christian is 100% dedicated to them turtlenecks, yo. Like he is about to drop the latest album. Like you can clearly, like you can clearly see him ready to pose in a black and white photo, you know, and with the just rocking the turtleneck. And that's that's Christian. And I like shout out to him for that. Um, but yeah, he was putting over Luchasaurus, you know, about the we're about to have this feud between Luchasaurus and Wardlow as well. He threw in a little bit of digs to uh Jungle Boy also too. Um, but yeah, I love Christian as a heel. Like, give me him talking all day. Um, wearing a turtleneck right after a fresh haircut, itchy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When y'all get y'all haircut and the barber didn't properly brush the hair off, so the hair gets cut in that get caught up on your neck and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. Bad. Okay. I remember that. Then your mama made you wear your the your key around your neck and that keychain. And because like you had to tuck it inside the turtleneck, or if you was one of those people that had to wear it outside, you had to sit there and wear the damn thing around your neck. And you couldn't like really 
uh, hide it because it's a damn turtleneck. Ooh, haha, that's hurtful. Yeah, we're bringing back memories out here. Like, and, uh, like it's dedication to really dedicate to turtlenecks because, you know, like I said, that, that bitch gets itchy. Um, you know, it's starting to get warmer and he's still rocking turtlenecks. I mean, like turtlenecks, something you wear in the dead of winter when you wear, trying to wear layers, stuff like that, which I know some of us in here are well aware of how winter can be. Um, this man is out here going to fucking California in a turtleneck. Like, you know how much dedication that takes to wear a turtleneck in California? I don't know if people in California know what a turtleneck is, okay? Because it's like 70 degrees out there all the time. There's no need for a turtleneck. I know some of them don't know what snow is. So I doubt that any of them ever seen what the fuck a turtleneck is. Um, unlock childhood history, LOL. Yeah, we're out. We're unlocking childhood. We're unlocking childhood memories out here on the Russell Bread podcast. Um, I haven't said, oh, yes, we do know, LOL. Yeah. We all <laughs> okay. You know what a turtleneck is. All right. Thank you for clarifying uh, my correspondent over in uh, California. <laughs> all right, y'all know what a turtleneck is, but he's wearing a turtleneck over in California, which you don't need because I don't think it gets. I know it gets. I know it can get cold over there, but I don't think it can get that cold over there that you like definitely need a damn turtleneck. Uh, haha, bro, I had a flashback to my sixth grade picture day. Oh, no, get you. Did you, did you have to wear a turtleneck at the uh, at your picture day, man? Oh, man. Yeah, I had to wear a uniform and I had to wear the the uniform was the turtleneck. It was the turtleneck um, with the um, with the uniform dress on top of it. Uh, nobody really wears them. Maybe in Seattle and San Fran, but never in L.A. LOL. Yeah. I figure because it's like always warm over there. And then here comes, here comes Christian wearing a damn turtleneck. Um, what's up with moms and turtlenecks? I'm happy. I'm not that mom that brought them. Wait, did I buy them a turtleneck? Oh no. Did I buy them a turtleneck? I don't think I brought my kids a turtleneck. I think my mom brought my kids a turtleneck. So, you know, she's, she was, she's the, she's the same mom that had, that had me wearing the turtlenecks. I don't think I had my kids wearing turtlenecks. I think it was my mom that brought the turtlenecks for them for a winter um, when they were younger. And I don't think I made them wear it. Cause it's just like, it's just too hard to get over the head too. Oh man. Then you feel like you're suffocating oh, because you couldn't get the turtleneck over your head like quick enough so your face is stuck in the turtleneck portion you have to sit there and hold your breath and pull it in uh get your was right right Devin says oh no was shoot that mom I don't think I was I think it was my mom that got the turtleneck for me and I don't think I really made them wear it I don't think I made my kids wear the turtleneck I know they had a turtleneck but I don't think they ma I made them wear it I think I gave it to them to put in their wardrobe and it was like up to them to if they wanted to wear it. But I wasn't, you know how moms are like, no, it's it's cold outside. Go put on the turtleneck. I wasn't that type of mom. But I think I put it in their wardrobe and gave them the option to put on the turtleneck. If they wanted to wear the turtleneck, you could wear a turtleneck. Like it was an optional thing for me. <laughs> but I wasn't the mom was like, no, it's cold outside. Go put on a turtleneck. I am the mom that will say like, it's cold outside. Go put on a coat. Like it's cold. All right. It's winter. Go put on a coat. 
don't try to be out here as the uh as the hoodie as the hoodie kids because that's what my kids try to be sometimes they they be out here uh in 50 degrees um which yes once it hits 50 degrees after winter in philly people want to throw on the hoodies and stuff like that but it still gets a bit breezy around here um and it was windy that day and i'm like listen go put on a coat like it's too cold outside um, moms wanted to make sure we had warm necks. I know, right? Even though we wore, even though we wore a, uh, a scarf on top of the damn coat, and then our coat had a hoodie, and so we had the turtleneck, the hoodie coat, and then they made us wrap the scarf around our necks. So our neck was like triple covered. Uh, Getcha said I had gel my hair after I had gel my hair after putting on the turtleneck and trying not to get gel on it. Yo, I was down bad. Yes, you couldn't do anything to your hair until after you put on that turtleneck. Because no matter what you did to your hair, as soon as that turtleneck went over your head, especially how much, like, we had to have arm strength to put that, to pull that turtleneck over their head. I don't know what they did with them turtlenecks back in the day, but they were not that damn stretchy. Like, they were just stretchy enough just for your head to, like, slide in. But you had to, like, hold your breath. And, like, if you were claustrophobic or anything like that or afraid of the dark, you probably never wore a turtleneck because them turtlenecks, it took a lot for them to put on. It was it, it took a lot for it to put on. But yeah, we're, un we're out here unlocking childhood memories out here with these turtlenecks. Shout out to Christian for putting over turtlenecks and unlocking childhood memories out here for us. The, the fact that he's still dedicated after all these years to a turtleneck this much to where as though he wrestled in it, it's just like, sir, that's, that's a lot of dedication because soon as I did not have to wear a turtleneck anymore, I stopped wearing turtlenecks. Yo, my mom had me layer up like the kid from Christmas story. <laughs> we all did. <laughs> we all had to layer up, especially when it snowed out there. Oh my gosh. And then in Philly, I'm sure in Chicago too, after it gets, after it snows, of course, then the snow melts a little bit and just get icy as hell. And yeah, it in Philly when it gets cold here, it gets windy and stuff like that. And yeah, I had to, I had the bumble, I had the gloves. Like bless my mom. My mom does it today. Like she had, she gives me like uh, she'll buy the kids gloves and hats and scarves and stuff like that and um coats and stuff. And yeah, like I had to wear the uh the joints that they put that you put over your shoes so that if you walk on ice, it was like um. It was like you were a damn, uh, it was like cleats, except for us for ice. And you put it over, over your shoe that you wear under it. So if you walk on ice, you don't slip or fall or anything like that. So I had that winter boots, uh, the coat, of course, with the fur around the hood, with the scarf, the gloves and everything like that in the hat. So I was sitting there like sweating, sweating outside. And it's just like cold. Like soon as it hits 40 degrees outside, that's when you know, your mom starts telling you, like, you need to start layering up. And then and then you had to wear the thermals. Oh, man, I just unlocked another memory out there. Then moms had you wear the thermals under your clothes. Like, oh, my gosh, we were like personal heaters walking around here. Like the thermals and then your clothes and then the coat, the, the big ass winter coat. And then especially if you're young enough, you had the winter coat and then the snowsuit the snowsuit jumper that you wore on top of your clothes under the coat as well. Oh man, it was just, it was a lot. 
it was a lot having to be bundled up too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Um, so getting back to um, AW Dynamite, we had the trios match, which was the open house challenge, which I thought was very unique that um, it was a blackout arena, which I thought was very unique. But I was like, wait, if they go to the outside, you can't really see what's going on. But I loved it, though. It definitely gave me Bray Wyatt vibes that they blacked out the arena. There was no rope breaks. Um, it was a 20 count as well. And then the opponent had to choose the um, final rule. And then, of course, the best friend said to not have Julia Hart ringside. I'm like, bro, that doesn't help you. Like, you still going to lose. Even Orange Cassie is like, what the fuck with these guys? Orange Cassidy is like, I'm I'm just so tired. <laughs> Y'all making me sleepy. Um, but yeah, it was a unique, it's a very unique um stipulation, unique type of match. Um, I love House of Black, first of all. I'm very hyped whenever I see House of Black. I'm happy that now we get House of Black again because ever since they became trios champions, they like disappeared. I'm like, Tony, are you forgetting who the hell's on your roster? Tony Kyle, if you're listening to this, please remember that the House of Black is on your roster. Like, I don't need House of Black on the show every, every single week. But, you know, something like let them defend their title from time to time, especially if you're trying to open up this second show. Like, just don't forget who the hell is on your roster. Um, But I loved it. I, I love that. I hope they keep that going, which it probably will be. And I, I don't mind it at all. Um, then we get to, of course, the cage match. Um, I fucking love, first of all, do you not tell that I enjoy, um, that I enjoy Brian Danielson as a heel, okay? Brian Danielson as a heel is amazing. I loved it when he was Captain America, when he was Captain Planet, um, when he just wanted to save the world, when he just wanted to save the world and we booed him for it. Do you know how much of a heel, how good of a heel you have to be that you, primarily want to save the planet and the crowd boos you for that like that's great heel work that you get booed and you're just trying to save the planet um and then here he is just like amateur 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 on commentary just being smug just sitting there laughing it's like you know this is a this is awesome this is a great match putting over john moxley of course john moxley I was gonna I was gonna ask like what's the over under of how quickly John Moxley would bleed in this match? I don't think we got to five minutes before Kenny Omega brought out the chair wrapped in the barbed wire. And I'm like, yep, here it is. This is how he's gonna bleed right now. Um, yeah, and here comes John Moxley wearing the red mask again, um, bleeding for what the 25th time in 2023 as well. Um this was a crazy cage match. Now, I don't know why I thought this was just going to be a regular old cage match. This cage match was so fucking crazy, okay? Um, first of all, we had chaos before the match started on the outside with Blackpool Combat Club and the Young Bucks as well. Um, we had the bar- we had the chair wrapped in barbed wire, which got used a couple of times. We had broken glass. Broken glass everywhere. <laughs> like, like... Yo, and then the craziest spot was Kenny, o- Kenny Omega did a V-trigger to John Moxley and they broke the cage. 
I was like, and it looked legit too. So shout out to everyone because it looked like they legit broke the cage. Um, like it wasn't a planned spot or anything like that. Um, get show said, said, uh, Brian earth daddy was my jam. The him title. Love it. I mean, a championship that can be rolled into a blunt. Don't tell that to don't tell don't tell Brian Danielson that you're doing that. He's going to say, he's going to call, he's going to say fickle and call you amateur for that one. Well, no, fickle was his word back then, but yeah, like I loved, I loved captain planet, Brian, Daniel, 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 Brian, I guess was his name back then. Um, <laughs> Ivan's cracking up. I, I loved captain. I love captain planet back then. Cause he was just, he was just like, I just want to save the planet. He he made the title recyclable. You know, he's just like, leather is not my jam. He just wanted to, he just wanted to make the world a better place for his kids. And we was like, boo, fuck you. <laughs> Let the planet die. <laughs> and then here he is just like, I'm the best pro wrestler. I want to be with other pro wrestlers. And everyone else is an amateur. And I'm like, I love it. Like he, this is, it's different. Like this motherfucker is introducing word star vocabulary. Every time he turns heel, he brings new words to our vocabulary. Like we know what amateur is, but now I have said, said amateur more times than I probably did in my life. Um, Devin said, I have to admit that match had me jumping out. Look at it, the resident person who don't really care for AEW and isn't loves the stories. This match had you jumping out your seat. Applause. Shout out to these two guys because they made Devin jump out of their jump out of his seat for a match. <laughs> but yeah, this was this was a great match. Okay. I thought this would be a regular old cage match. But the mat, the spots in this match, it was just like so good. Like I, the spot where they broke the cage, it they sold it like it was a legit mistake. And shout out to the commentators for selling it as well. And like it didn't seem like it was like planned. Like we saw with um, who was it that they redid the spot with the collapsed ring in WWE? I know it was originally what I think it was uh originally Big Show and I think Mark Henry or something like that that originally when the ring imploded. Um, but when they did it the second time, you can clearly tell that that was completely planned. Um, <laughs> I even said, wait a minute, did the tribal chief enjoy AEW? I know, right? And this is the main event, which means he had to watch the whole thing. <laughs> he had to watch more than the main event. So yeah, like, wow, he enjoyed something from AEW. It's just like, a shocker. Look look at 2023 just bringing people together. <laughs> bringing bringing De making Devin enjoy AEW right now. I probably went too far with that. He enjoyed an AEW match right there. Like maybe he'll watch all of Double or Nothing. We'll see. We're getting there. We're getting there. But yeah, this match between these two guys was just so good. Um like the the V, like first of all, I love Kenny Omega's V triggers. Like in your face, just like going crazy. <laughs> Enjoy AEW more just the singular main event match. <laughs> I knew I went too far by saying enjoying AEW in general. 
I know you enjoyed just the match, but it was the main event match, which means you had to like it was the main event match. Like I'm sure I don't know how much horror of dynamite you tuned into, but the fact that you're admitting on live on a live stream that you enjoyed an AEW match. This is like a little bit of history going on here. Circle Ivan said he actually sat down and watched the show. Amazing. Shocker, you gotta play. You gotta you gotta play. You better watch this guy. Yes, Devin. You have to play the clip. Play the clip. You gotta watch this guy. You gotta keep up. <laughs> you better watch this guy. You better watch it. I don't know about this guy. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You gotta keep an eye out on this guy. I don't know about this guy. I don't know about the tribal chief. He's enjoying the AEW match here. No, none of us asked him to watch this match. He he willingly he will, willingly turned on the TV and watched this match. I don't know about this guy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know about the tribal chief. He's he's changing on us a little bit. Um, Captain Planet was dope. Shout out to Kaya. Cat, yeah, Captain Planet was dope though. Um, so yeah, I popped when he did it. Uh, let's be real now. I haven't said all of a sudden when keeping it real goes wrong. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but man, obviously this tells how good of a match was because Devin sat there, tuned in, and watched it and enjoyed it. Even though the fact that John Moxley bled for like the umpteenth time and everything. But it was that good of a match that Devin watched it, enjoyed it, and sat there and said, it was a good match. <laughs> so the fact that we got all that out of the Tribal Chief of podcasting, that's a win right there. Applause to John Moxley and Kenny Omega. If they have another match, it's very possible that maybe Devin might tune in again. Who knows? We'll have to see. <laughs> Oh, yeah, with this match, though, at the end, we had Kenny Omega, who did the one-wing angel, and no one kicks out of the one-wing angel. Um, but this time, we had Don, who had the screwdriver, sat there and attacked Kenny Omega, which we kind of knew was coming, but it was still that shock factor when it happened. Like, I knew eventually Don, Don was going to uh, um, turn on him. But the fact that, like, this happened, the way it happened, it was just, like, a shocker. And then Brian Danielson was like, oh, I did not see that coming. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I like the fact that they didn't like it's not like um, very clear that he is doing this because he's working with the Blackpool Combat Club or he's doing this because of some scheme that he wants Kenny to get away from the Young Bucks or something like that. Um, but I like the fact that it's just like. We don't know why he's doing it. Like, it wasn't like they immediately raised his hand or anything like that. He turned on him, you know, Blackpool Combat Club won, and then they just, like, they they really didn't interact like that. So I appreciate that little bit of tidbit. But, yeah, Don turning on Kenny, because the fact that they have so much history together, it did give me vibes of when Paul, Hamer, Paul, Paul Bearer turned on The Undertaker back in the late 90s i think it was um brian danielson had the biggest shock face ever i love it i know he was like oh i did not see that coming <laughs> <It's just> like <laughs> like he, he was so good because then he was sitting there laughing during the match and stuff like that like his boys was getting beat up by the young bucks he didn't even get up to do anything and then the young bucks had walked up on the ramp and then they uh tried to get into his face and he stood up 
but he ain't even he ain't even interfere or anything like that. So it was like did he do all that because he knew that Don was going to turn? Like he knew what the finish was going to be. But yeah, <laughs> Brian Danielson just selling the fact that he did not see this coming, and uh, was just like as shocked as we were. Um, just ice on the cake. He's so good. He is so good. I'm I I'm hoping that we are leading to him versus Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. Um, I would love that, of uh, of course, um, for those two to go against each other. Like that's where we're leading for Double or Nothing, because um, it, it's going to take too long for them to do it in London. I really, I'm, I really believe it's going to be Kenny versus Osprey in London. But I will not mind Brian Danielson going against Kenny Omega at Double or Nothing. Like just give me the promos of all that now. Like a part of me don't want it to be at Double or Nothing for the pure fact I want the promo versus promo between those two. Um, Because that's going to be funny. Um, I'm getting final boss vibes from Brian Danielson. Exactly. the bo- He didn't even get up to help out his guys. He just, just sat back and was just like, this is this is great. I love then John Moxley. I love this guy and everything. So, yeah, I'm hoping that um, that's after. Nah, oh, oh, yeah. After double or nothing, it is all in. So. I'm hoping that we at least start getting promos between these two. If if we are leading to those two at double or nothing, I won't be upset about it. I just wish that we had a bigger build between Brian Danielson and Kenny Omega because Brian Danielson is just like chef's kiss on the mic. Um, shout out to Nick tuning in. Thank you for tuning in. I say to Kesh, uh, I say to Kesha joins BBC, BCC. I don't know. Like, uh, they definitely are. I do like the. I do like the, how the way that they handled him when they was try, when Brian Danielson was saying that he was going to join them, and then um, he was like hesitant about it, and then they tricked him. Like I said, um, a few episodes ago, and then they tricked him, thinking that Kenny Omega was about to do something bad because Kenny Omega had the screwdriver. And I think he was about to attack um, John Moxley, and Brian Danielson sat there and like shook Takesha and was like, "Look, look, 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 look what Kenny's about to do! Go stop him! Go stop him!" Excuse me. And then he went into the ring and stopped Kenny Omega from attacking um, John Moxley because he didn't want Kenny Omega to attack John Moxley with the screwdriver. And then here comes Brian Danielson just holding up Takesha's hands, like, "Good job." good job you you're one of us you know you're so cool you're not you're not an amateur you're a pro wrestler and Dakesha like realizing what he did and just was like no I'm not doing it I do get vibes that they're trying to recreate the golden lovers what I, I called it the golden acquaintances between Takesha and Kenny Omega like I get those vibes from it um but if they do have him join bcc i'm hoping that we go through the golden acquaintances route and then he joins bcc but i know the way that they book things is either going to be overbooked where the situation takes so long for it to get to that point or this all happens within a week or two who knows um but i would love to see Takesha versus kenny omega again because the match that they had previously um, I think it was on dark. I think, yeah, I think it was on dark or dark elevation that that match happened. Cause I was like, wow, Kenny Omega went to dark or dark elevation just to wrestle him. 
No, I, no, I actually, I think it was on the dynamite. What I'm thinking is a, is a different person. There's someone else that he wrestled on dark and dark elevation that came from Japan. I forgot the kid's name, but he was young. And he, Kenny sat there and wrestled and he got the crowd, the chant for the kid, the, the uh, kid as well and everything. Um, but yeah, I'm, uh, I can't wait to see what happens with all this. Of course, uh, first of all, Tony Khan had an announcement and his announcement was that he has another announcement, <laughs> uh, which of course we know is more likely the deal that they have with uh, Warner Discovery, um, probably the second show that's coming. and. Um, what was the other thing? Whatever is happening with Dark and Dark Elevation, whatever is happening with Ring of Honor. Because um, I noticed, I don't know if they mentioned it, but I don't think they mentioned that um, All In is coming to Fight TV. I don't think they, I think they've been omitting not saying that. I think they've been constantly saying that, you know, it's the WB 100 anniversary, you know, this is taking place in London, stuff like that. But I don't think they're promoting that this is going to be on Fight TV, unless they're unless this is something that like unless it's something they don't do until it gets closer to the um to the event anyway. But I realize they I don't remember them saying it's going to be on Fight TV. Um, Devin saying announcement for the announcement. Get the fuck out of here. I know, like Tony Khan, if you're listening, you're getting to cry wolf type of situation with these announcements. It's like every damn week this man has an announcement. I have an announcement, except for I have an announcement, but Adam Cole is going to say the announcement. And Adam Cole mentions, talks about the announcement. I have an announcement. We have a show coming. I have an announcement. My announcement is that I have another announcement. I have an announcement. You know, I have an announcement. It's about the uh, the um, Owen Hart tournament. I have an announcement. Kenny Omega versus John Moxley in a cage match. Like, well, next week, uh, thanks to you, he's going to have an announcement that the Tribal Chief of Podcasting actually watched an AEW match and enjoyed it. That's what the that's what the actual announcement probably is. So he's probably like, I have an announcement. The real announcement is going to be next week, but the announcement I have today, I can't do the eye thing that Tony Khan does. My eyes, like, I I can't do that. Um, he's going to be like, I have an announcement. The real announcement is next week, but now but the announcement this week is that the tribal chief of podcasting watched an AEW match and actually enjoyed it. That's the announcement. But yeah, the, the, I have an announcement thing every single damn week. is just like, sir, I know that you're saying that you have an announcement because you want to boost the ratings. And so you like, you sit there and completely got people to try to tune in, even though it was, it was a pretty good dynamite. Um, this week it was a good dynamite but you saying my announcement is that the big announcement next week and it's the biggest announcement in AEW history and I'm like sir you better be announcing that CM Punk is coming back and he is bringing Vince McMahon with him like <laughs> that better be the announcement of all announcements like we uh, like you have to realize that your audience is not the casual audience even though there are some cash I'm sure there are some casuals in there but you have to realize your audience is mainly people who read the dirt sheets. Like we already know about the second show and that CM Punk will more likely headline that show. And that's going to be on Saturdays and stuff like that. So, but you know, uh, it is what it is. I'll, we'll play the game with Tony Khan, <laughs> uh, but I'm sure next week, once he makes that announcement, he's going to say, I just made my announcement and now I have another announcement and my announcement will be next week. 
the announcement will be the announcement next week. So, oh my gosh. I, I wonder if there is a if there's a count of how many times this guy had had an announcement in 2023 alone. I'm sure it is a lot. <laughs> but yeah, but overall, um, Dynamite was a very good, uh, it was very good from top to bottom. Um, can't wait to see what happens um, as we work towards Double or Nothing. Um, now we got Miro back. Now we got Thunder Roses back. I wonder what we're going to have those two go against um, with the upcoming second show. Now there are more people that are going to get exposure. So we'll see what happens from that, what type of uh, matchups we have. Because there's a lot of people who don't get love that aren't really seen on TV like that. And then you like, oh, yeah, I forgot that person is with AEW. And that has happened plenty of times where i'm like yeah i forgot that person is with AEW. they um haven't been on here in quite a while um like red velvet there was a moment where i was like oh yeah i forgot red velvet is with AEW. <laughs> you know because she's been gone for a while um so yeah i can't wait to see what happens next week um the sixers lost so we'll see what happens in game seven if they make it or not and then we'll see what happens with the football and the continued fallout, fallout of backlash, and with the, you know, the restructure with um, SmackDown as well. But that's it for the Russell Bread Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Tuning in to episode one eighty six of Bad Bunny and Mister Evie. Yeah, but thank you for tuning in. You can catch me on Twitter at jdc one three seven. S-A-A-Y-D-E, the letter C-137 as well. Um, it makes me sound like Jeff uh, Jarrett. And I forgot about talking about Jeff Jarrett. Um, and Mark Briscoe being a uh, fucking powerbomb by the uh, the bald FDR guy. I keep getting them mixed up. I keep forgetting who too. But he sat there and was like, I can't see Powell Driver. Perfect Powell Driver, first of all. I, I found that part funny. Um... But yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JDC137. You can also find the podcast at Russell Brett as well. You can click the links in the bios for the Instagram, the uh, Facebook, and the TikTok as well. Um, the there is a U- there is a YouTube channel for Russell Brett, but it's all old episodes because all the live episodes are going to be exclusively on the Blood Eye Entertainment. You can catch the audio episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts as well. But for the live streams, come right to the Bloodline Entertainment Network. Um, Be sure to check out the website, bloodlinenetwork.com for all your needs. You can check out, read articles. First of all, there's a lot of great articles out there. There's new articles coming out every single day, okay? Um, there is articles of top 10 in MMA, top 10 in football, top 10 in wrestling as well. A lot of people working hard, cranking out articles, good, great reads, first of all. So be sure to go to the website and read them there. Instead of clicking all these different websites to get your um, to get your uh, wrestling news, your football news, your baseball news, fantasy football news, fantasy baseball news, stuff like that, it's all on one website and just click it right here. Well, go to this website right here, bloodlinenetwork.com. Great website. Be able to go and check it out. You'll enjoy it there. 
you can also catch a lot of different podcasts. If you enjoy my podcast, there's a lot of other podcasters out there as well. As you saw that they were all in the comments. Cage My IQ, Circle of Debate, Clark Street Wrestling Podcast, Out of Here Podcast, Raw's Dogging with De Niro, Roto Slappers, Top Rope Wrestling Talk, The Broadcast Podcast, The Debate Center, The Tim King Show, the, Wrestle- the Universal Wrestling Podcast, and our newest show, The Director's Cut as well. Be sure to tune in to check out all those podcasts as well. Come back here live next Thursday. I am live here every Thursday at 9 p.m. EST. JD, the first effing lady. Thank you so much for tuning in. And until next time, guys, peace. You're listening to the Russell Bread Podcast. With one